This is the Day Zero Update for June 28, 2020. I'm Filippo Di I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Chris Logie. I'm Teresa Sannons. I'm Jenna Victoria. And I'm Lee Lamb. And uh, yeah, this is a very rare occasion where pretty much the entire Smash Pad staff is here. Uh, I guess it's because I'm prob- this is my last uh, episode on the Day Zero Update. So uh, thank you guys all for coming. It's been a super awesome time uh, working with you guys. Um, I would be lying if I said I didn't, uh, you know, feel uh, a bit of the sads that uh, this is coming to an end. But uh, at the same time, it's like I- I'm seeing that you're making plans for the future. You guys are working to uh, keep the site going. So uh, yeah, I think you. I think it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be good. So uh, I look forward to uh, actually, you know, hearing the Day Zero update uh, as a listener and uh, see what you guys make of it. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, not much. Not really sure what uh, else to say about that. It's uh, the elephant in the room, and it had to be addressed. And I didn't want the show to be all about this, so uh, we'll talk about it right off the top. And uh, yeah, we can kind of get to uh, the rest of the show because my last show turns out is happening on a week where we actually had a good deal of stuff happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's going to be make for some interesting discussion. I expect there's going to be quite a few different opinions on a couple of the things that happened here today. Uh, Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, let's uh, get right into it. But as we tend to do, uh, we'll talk about uh, what we've been playing over the course of the week. And, uh, of course, for me, it's still you know, PC Building Simulator and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, they dropped the 1.8 update and then the 1.81 update to fix the stuff that the 1.8 update broke. <laughs> um, so there was that. Uh, and one of the things that uh, they added in that update, amongst the stuff like the new uh, uh, the new Ryzen Threadrippers and stuff, was they added a, the Ryzen Tech Nix Pro case, which, as far as I can tell, I'm posting a link to it here in the uh, Skype chat, uh, was designed by a crazy person. Uh, you'll have to look at that link and tell me that I'm not uh, insane, because there is something wrong with whoever designed this case, because it makes no goddamn sense. All right. What? This is case four? What the hell? This is well, a PC is case. Um, yeah. It's like, uh, if you notice on some of the images, uh, okay, so the motherboard is on the right side of the case, and it's upside down. No. Yeah, and then you have your graphics cards vertically on the left side of the case. Vertically? This looks yeah. like something Tony Stark would design on a bender. It, it's, it, it totally does. It's For a construction it's, crew. Yeah, it is the most insane-looking thing I have seen, and it's also bugged to shit right now because uh, because of the weird form factor. The game is having trouble with what parts will actually fit in it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh so my it's, gosh! It, it's that, it's, that it's case. A, that case looks like Bumblebee's dick <laughs> from, from the Transformers. Yeah, I mean, it's neat looking. I mean, it, it makes a statement. It does. What is that statement, though? I'm not sure. I'm a Transformer, or I am Bumblebee's dick. Yeah. I paid somebody to build a case because this is too complicated for the normal person to build. I I do like the panels, though, looking at it. That's pretty fucking wild. Yeah. 
Uh, so like the uh, like the front fascia of it, usually on most cases, it's uh, something that snaps off. In this case, it's hinged, so it hinges forward. And uh, so does the top panel. It hinges back on the on the back. So um, there's definitely some interesting ideas in this case. Uh, it's probably super expensive. And oh, I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to lie. I would fucking I'd use one of these. I mean, if you were building a cyberpunk-themed case at the PC, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you could totally do it in this thing. That shit is badass. Mm. But, yeah. The, to be fair, the yellow one looks like Bumblebee's dick. The red yes. one looks like Optimus Prime's dick, and it looks like the black one is like Megatron's dick. <laughs> but even still, I mean, that's a, it's a fancy dick. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fancy. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice that they're keeping this game up to date and uh, installing a whole bunch of new components. I haven't had a chance to try out the, the, the new 64-core um, Threadrippers yet to see, what those, see how badly those break the benchmarks, but we'll see. Uh, I'm going to do a free build tonight and uh, give it a go. But uh, beyond that, uh, what else has there been? Uh, I started playing Fantasy Star 4. Uh, God, that game is good. Yeah, it's um, you know it's that series really doesn't get the the respect it deserves. I don't think, um, right? You know, not, I mean, it, yeah, not like outside of our circle, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, because you know it's it got overshadowed by you know, the Final Fantasy series because that was like um, pretty big over here. Well, and Final uh, Fantasy wasn't going for one hundred dollars at retail. Yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and the runs were limited, so it was kind of hard uh-huh. to find it. And then, yeah. But now you can get and it. It was also much. like, what, like $100? Yeah, I distinctly remember that when it came out, it was $100. So. Yeah, he, yeah, I just mentioned that. Yeah, it was $100, and it was like, you know, like I I'm said. Sorry, good luck sorry Phil, you. I was distracted. I was still looking at Bumblebee's dick. <laughs> I'm like, trash no at all. I'm seriously sitting here looking at this thing and going, I would totally build this, but I still want air cooling. I don't want water cooling. I don't think a rate an air uh, rate or excuse me, a fan would fit on there. But anyway, I'm sorry to derail the thread. I'm gonna just keep <laughs> looking at Bumblebee's dick on mute. <laughs> so there's there's that, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but now you can get uh, Fantasy Star Four on you know all of the Genesis collections that are out. So I mean, there's really no excuse not to try it. It's a great RPG. Um, yeah, and you don't really even need to uh, have played the other ones to really appreciate it because nope. it, it kind of stands on its own. So yeah, it's it's like the Final Fantasy series in that the games are all pretty self-containing. Yeah. So yeah, so I would recommend you guys uh, give that a look, and uh, we'll be talking about a lot more RPGs later because uh, there were quite a few interesting announcements coming out of, out of those. So uh, yeah, Pat, what about you? Uh, Fantasy Star Online Two. That's really been it for me. I'm just completely, um, completely engrossed in this game since, especially since uh, Final Fantasy XIV is in kind of a down period right now due to the pandemic. Um, the the next patch has been delayed and all of that. Um, I it's definitely freed up my gaming attention to just immerse myself fully in Fantasy Star Online 2, and um, Sega made a really uncompromising game here. They knew um, right out of the gate that they were going to make Fantasy Star Online 2 in the purest sense of the word, and that, um, you know, they weren't really going to make any compromises based on um, 
based on like what other studios were doing with their MMOs. Um, this is this is a game that just exudes uh, Dreamcastness in every in every way possible. And I mean that um, I've talked at length about my reasons for not writing video game reviews um, anymore. But um, for for PSO2, it would be simple because the entire body of the review would be, it is fucking Fantasy Star Online. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, you, you know what you're getting with it, and um, it's definitely not for everybody. There are some people who are just going to want that more Final Fantasy XIV in-depth experience. But um, Fantasy Star Online is a snapshot of a very specific time in gaming. And um, to see it kind of blown up to um, modern proportions while still uh, maintaining very much the same identity that it had in 2000, 2001, um, is remarkable. And just... I mean, it costs nothing to try. I, I, I would say if you loved PSO back in the day, you owe it to yourself to at least give it a shot. Or if you just want some really simple and um, straightforward co-op gaming. Because yeah. this is... Um, it, it manages to make the couch co-op experience um, translate online mm. in, in a way that I didn't think was possible. And so, yeah, okay. That's been my week. I'm I'm done gushing about PSO2, at least for the time being. But, yeah. Oh, all righty, Brandon? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, I'm still playing The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, I'm now uh, in the second half of the game. Um, still in Seattle, but it's moved over to Abby's perspective. And I think I... Sort of, I mentioned this on last weekend, but I'll uh, bring it up again. Um, basically, and a lot of people who have played this game or heard about this game know that one of the sort of basic overall messages of the game is about the cycle of violence and revenge um, and the consequences thereof. And as you're playing it from Abby's perspective, you start to realize that uh, all those people, when you were playing as Ellie, that you were killing, uh, they all had uh, names and lives of their own. Uh, You end up talking with a bunch of them. Uh, That even includes the dogs. Um, One of the, uh, actually, I'm pretty sure it's the first dog you end up having to kill as Ellie, because, you know, the dog's tracking you, and the thing about dogs in this game is that they are probably the one of the most deadly enemies you'll find in this game, because they can tear you to pieces very quickly. Um, but uh, the first dog you end up uh, having to kill, you end up hearing his name is Bear. And um, you know that because when you kill him, the uh, woman that's out there with him using him to track you it calls out his name in anguish, and it's like, okay, that's bad enough. But uh, when you switch over to Abby's perspective, uh, and you end up, you know, you and some of the other members of the Washington Liberation Front are going out to the front because you've been called out, called in. Um, 
you before you go out, you have to go to the kennels where all the dogs are, and uh, you get Alice, which is one of the dogs you use to track. Um, and uh, as uh, Alice leaves, you end up getting a dog that comes up to you with a little ball because he wants to play fetch, and it's Bear. And you get to play fetch with Bear. Oh, God. The same dog that you killed earlier in the game. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I actually took that ball and threw it over the fence. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm getting serious Spec Ops the Line vibes here. Seriously. Um, other than that, God damn, the game is amazing. It really is. Um and I've been so enjoying the fact that this game has been getting, like, good reviews and, like, selling really well. Because it makes the whole get what go broke crowd just... It, it shows how utterly stupid that whole thing was. It's just amazing. I love it. I love it. I love... You know, they were so, like, set on this game just failing terribly. And it didn't. It's done really well. It's literally the fastest selling PS4 exclusive in the console's history. Yeah, I also saw that over the first three days. It sold more in Japan than, like, Spider-Man did. So I'm, I'm yep. surprised if their audience is over it. No, but Last of Us is pretty popular and was a pretty big hit in Japan. Okay. So, so yeah. Um, I really cannot just wait. I just... I. I, I can't wait to finish the game, and I can't wait to uh, just bathe in Schadenfreude from <laughs> all the gamer <laughs> gators who just can't stand the fact that they aren't the center of the gaming universe anymore. <laughs> but uh, now, obviously, there are things that you can say about, say, Neil Druckmann and the sort of the working conditions at Naughty Dog right now, um, all of which are valid. Uh, that doesn't really have anything to do with all that bullshit. So, yeah. Um, and speaking of Naughty Dog, I also have been playing the Jack and Dexter collection. The uh, one that has all of the three original games and uh, Jack X, which is, you know, the racing game. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, those games are still a lot of fun, but, man, it is like a whiplash, the tonal shift from Jack and Dexter to Jack 2. Um, just a quick, a quick question. How many people have played the Jack and Daxter games? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've only yeah. played Jack 1 and Jack 2. I haven't played the, the, the racing game or 3. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, the tonal shift is really just amazing. So, like, the first Jack and Daxter, that was the first, uh, game they did after they wrapped up on the original Crash trilogy. And... It kind of shows, <laughs> especially with the first game, because um, some of that tone is still there. But then by the time the second game rolls around, it turns into... <sighs> well, you can tell that that game came out around the time that Grand Theft Auto 3 was blowing up, because uh, they decided to basically take a good chunk of the original format of Grand Theft Auto 3 and put it into Jack 2. <laughs> Um, yeah, with I think terrible vehicle dry... controls. Yeah, and carjacking as well. Um, yeah, I think that particular portion of the game is infamous to a lot of people because of how annoying the driving is. Because, uh, well, for one thing, there's always lots of traffic, and for other thing, 
they're all flying vehicles, which means that, you know, there's always vehicles above or below you. So, yeah. Um, and, of course, Jack 3 is actually much better than Jack 2 was. And Jack 2 is definitely not a bad game, but Jack 3 is definitely better. Um, and uh, Jack X is a very fine racing game, a very fine vehicular combat racing game. Um, actually really good. Um, oh, and also, uh, while one, some of the, uh, just quickly go back to, uh, Last of Us Part 2, um, amongst the various things that you can collect in that game is, uh, Nathan Drake's wedding ring and, uh, one of the precursor orbs from Jack 3. <laughs> Putting all the, the fan service. Yeah. I'm, uh, part of me makes me hope that maybe Naughty Dog might want to go back to the Jack and Daxter well, because, I mean, it definitely would, it would work. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, what I've been playing. So, Chris, what about you? Uh, yeah, so, I've been playing more Rocket League, uh, getting ready for the fifth anniversary event that's coming up starting on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, played some matches, enjoying it still. Um, also been playing some Hitman on Steam, because I got the, uh, the first, full first season for free when they did a giveaway of codes, mm-hmm. uh, in the wake of the early days of the COVID-19 stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up picking up, uh, from the Steam sale, the second campaign for that, uh, particular part of the, uh, for the first game, the Patient Zero campaign and all that. That adds mm-hmm. kind of started up today and played some of the early stuff, uh, which is still great, especially when you're going through these like plywood uh, versions of uh, stages that uh, just have like people kind of hanging out mm-hmm. and you're kind of wandering around doing your stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's still still a lot of fun. Definitely gonna put some more time to this version and probably I just installed the Hitman 2 because I get. Uh, as a result, get the upgraded versions of all those first maps uh, for that. And that'll be fun to kind of jump into that as well. Because uh, Hitman 3 is coming out in about seven months, I think, January next year. Uh, so I could definitely want to get some time into this uh, while I can. And yeah, because the, they just announced... Uh, they might have announced it earlier when they announced Hitman 3, but they confirmed it... The other day that they're going to let you uh, carry over all the the maps that you've purchased for the first uh, two games to three, uh, with the upgrades that they're going to have for that, and also you can carry over all your progress from Hitman Two to Hitman Three. So all the unlocks and all that that you've gotten, uh, that stuff can carry over. So they're doing what they can to make uh, Hitman Three kind of the the ultimate way to play this. Uh, World of Assassination Trilogy, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's that's been the big thing. Um, I bought a couple other small Steam things, uh, some expansions for Euro Truck Sim Two, uh, just adding some new areas to it, and uh, just a couple of small games here and there that I've been uh, missing over the past few sales. But uh, look forward to playing some of that stuff, and. Uh, as for uh, the last thing, Ninjella, 
which is a free-to-play game on Switch, which just came out this past week, that is heavily uh, inspired by the style of Splatoon. Uh, the characters that you have to pick from are definitely in that vein, but they're not uh, squid kids, they're just kids. Uh, and so they have a, a decent bit of customization. Uh, you can, they give you like, uh, templates for the, the different characters and you can take that and then customize skin tone, hair, hair and color, uh, eye color, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah. and they got a lot of customization stuff on top of that, that, uh, uh, along with, uh, like 12 weapons you have to choose from. Uh, there's like three tiers of them. One's like a pure melee, one's like yo-yo type weapons, and another one is uh, like hammer style weapons. Um, and so yeah, you... And the, the big difference between that this and Splatoon is that this is more focused on melee combat. Uh, you are going around just beating up other people with these weapons, uh, usually locking onto them, and the uh, the big point of contention I have with it is the parry system, uh, where you get to kind of uh, block as they're attacking, and you go into this essentially like rock, paper, scissors uh, kind of luck-based system where you are asked to mm -hmm. pick a direction, you know, up, down, left, right. If you pick the same direction as the other person, uh, you can turn it around on them. Uh, and usually it takes a good chunk of your health if you fail twice, you're generally going to get killed, uh, which they call an Ipon, because uh, it's heavily uh, drenched in, like, Japanese uh, weeaboo culture kind of thing. I think at some point there's a narrator that yells out shit throughout the match. I think at one point he yells, ANIME MANGA! I'm like, <laughs> what, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> this, this is a very stupid game. Um, and yeah, as for being a free-to-play game, the microtransactions are kind of centered around a, like, battle pass system. Uh, then you can buy, they have, like, a daily item shop. It has stuff to buy with the, the currency, and uh, as you play matches, and depending on how well you place in them, you get, like, gold, silver, and bronze coins that can be used to, like, upgrade uh, certain parts of your uh, loadout, that kind of stuff. Uh... And yeah, you can definitely tell who's played a lot, because they usually typically f finish near the top. Uh, I had a couple of good finishes in the top three. Uh, and at the end of the match, they show you the points that you've accrued, and then they give extra points to the person that's killed the most. Uh, drones, which are these... Uh, these things that just spawn around the map. Uh, mm -hmm. That uh, you typically want to take out, because it gives you points, uh, a good bit of points, and fills up your gum meter. Uh, which uh, fills up over the course of the match, and at a certain point you can uh, use it to give yourself a bigger weapon, version of the same weapon you're using. So you can kind of do more damage and all that. Uh, and usually have a special, uh, changes depending on the, the weapon. Uh, I found one that works pretty well for me, which gives me like a, uh, a ultra-powerful weapon that I can use for like 10 seconds and... It breaks through defenses and lets you get a couple kills if you can uh, get to the people in time uh, for that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of uh, trial and error as you try and figure out like which weapons work well for you and their specials and all that. 
Uh, you can run up walls. So there's a, a second stage. is kind of this, uh, like Metropolis kind of uh, stage where you have a bunch of tall buildings, and you kind of just go run up. Uh, and usually has like this uh, place up at the top, this big platform that people tend to congregate because uh, a drone will spawn up there. But also people just inevitably find their way up there. That uh, makes for some good fights when you can uh, take people out uh, and all that. So yeah, it's it has some nice stuff to it. I feel like the the parry system is kind of the the the, the most contentious part of it because it's purely luck because you have like a twenty five percent chance of actually uh, overriding their attack and turning it around on them, that kind of thing. And so uh, when you get to like a second one, you know it's another twenty five percent chance to uh, stop what they're doing. And so kind of get to a lot of points where you get into attacks that you either have a bad chance of parrying it or just aren't able to block it and get through a lot of deaths that way. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's pretty good. Hopefully they work on some of the, uh, the different mechanics and the, the game kind of doesn't run that well at times. Uh, I don't know if it's just because of networking things, because the Switch is primarily Wi-Fi based, and you might be connecting with people with bad Wi-Fi, uh, potentially. Um, but yeah, there's some times where it kind of chugs a little bit, uh, which is not great, but for the most part it worked fine. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty okay for what it is. Uh, I might check in on it here and there, but uh, yeah, it, it you can also tell it's a Japanese uh, free-to-play game because they constantly... Uh, give you free like currency for you know them hitting milestones or oh uh, we're we put out you know an update here's free stuff all this mm-hmm. stuff are gonna start showering you with currency I've gotten two messages so far with uh, some of the actual paid currency uh, so definitely have to see if uh keep getting that well, I've played some stuff like Let It Die that just throws tons of stuff at you constantly where you never feel like you have to actually pay any money for content, but uh, also they have a a campaign that you have to pay for. I think right now it's on sale for about half off, so you can get it for about like four fifty, five bucks uh, instead of the typical ten. From what I've heard, it's not not very good. So, you know, it's best to kind of check it out as a free free game first and then see if you want more from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been uh, pretty much it. How about you, Teresa? I've been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons. There was a bug off yesterday. And um, I got most of what I wanted out of that. And uh, just really kind of holding, making sure that my town or my village doesn't, my island doesn't go to crap um, before the next next month. So we can have um, new bugs, new uh, um, fish, hopefully. There's some new stuff. And uh, they're going to be adding swimming and diving, which is something that I mentioned in the review when, you know, when I wrote it uh, several months ago that, you know, was missing and was, like, noticeably missing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's coming, and I'm looking forward to spending a little more time with that and doing something, you know, something new, not just the same stuff. So they're doing a good job keeping it uh, fresh for people. Um, because honestly, what do we got? Just a couple more days until the next month. Yeah. So been doing that. And then 
mostly playing uh, Fantasy Star Online too, like Pat said. I mean, yes. this is just like it's Sega to the max. Like everything mm-hmm. about it, everything about it screams Sega, and it's you know it's very reminiscent, like you said, of um, the older uh, Fantasy Star Online, and. They really just took that whole era and found a way to bottle and sell it. Yeah. And I mean, in typical Sega fashion, they gave it away for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Right? And there's not much that um, that makes you want to uh, spend money on it, which is cool. Um, but, yeah. And stuff that you can spend money on, you do get your money's worth. Yeah. From what I've seen. Like, uh, you can buy, not rent, buy more inventory space, things like that. Yeah. I could go for that. (laughs) I could go for that really. And it's just a nice way you can uh, throw Sega some love if you appreciate what what it is they've put together because it it is a genuinely great gaming experience. It is. It is. There's no shortage of um, pickup parties to uh, join or you start your own. Somebody's going to join in. At pretty much any hour, because, you know, people aren't always going to play 9 to 5. Um, but the the missions are great. Um, working on uh, all the different quests and whatnot. And I, I'm just having a great time with it. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So that's pretty much it for me, gaming-wise. Who's next? All right, Sounds like you're playing it right now. I uh, yes, I am. Actually, <laughs> I'm very hard in the sands. Nice. <laughs> you did unlock that the other day, so. I did. All right, yeah, so for me, um, I have a little bit more time. Uh, I found out the other day um, where um, I was expecting to go back into our office uh, on July 20th, and it seemed like it would be that way because that particular county is sort of completely open like um the other day i actually went to the dentist over there um and the ramen shop that i normally figured was empty so i figured i'm not going to eat outside but there's no one here so i might as well just go ahead and eat and that was a pleasurable experience uh and then the next day i took my mom to uh the shark tank because uh, the sharks were paying for free covid testing so i went ahead and participated in that uh, i should get my results tomorrow oh, nice and um when i got home from running those errands uh, i got an email saying oh, yeah, we don't plan on opening the office until October 1st. And I was like, normally when we get the delay, it's it's a month, but this is an entire quarter. So I was like, wow. Um, and normally um, with, with my friends at work, you know, like we have connections at Sony and stuff, and I'd be normally uh, getting games at a huge discount from them physically. But now I'm like, okay, I got to buy digital for a little bit when we wait for um, Ghost of Tsushima. So... Yeah, I'm pretty much just waiting for that, and I had a little bit of a break. So what I've been doing was I've been playing uh, The Last of Us 2. It's my second playthrough. I'm going for the Platinum. Um, and the cool thing about The Last of Us 2 is that you don't have to beat the game on hard mode to uh, get, get any trophies or anything like that. Um, what I'm doing now is I'm pretty much just getting all the collectibles. So um, I'm pretty much where Brandon is at now, except now it's my second time. And uh, the main thing is I put it on the very light, very easy mode. That way it doesn't take too many shots to just kill some of these enemies because I just want to be done. It's not that, you know, uh, it's not that I don't like the game. I obviously did like it. I gave it a four, gave it a four and a half. Um, but, you know, a lot of this stuff I don't really want to experience again, at least for a while, because 
as we know, it's a really grim story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you Sounds know, like a little of it goes a long way. Yeah, um, having Brandon make me, make me recount my memories about the dog, just, uh, you know, I, I don't know why I kill any more of those things. So, uh, yeah, but um, I, I actually just finished the whole upgrades thing now, and I'm just getting the rest of the collectibles, and I'll pretty much be there. So, yeah, great experience. Love The Last of Us too, And it was pretty cool seeing uh, the certain pivotal scene, early game, easy, uh, um, seeing it again from the other perspective, because when it happens the first time you play... Um, the voices you hear that are, um, are are actually muffled out, and then you play it again, and they actually they're actually not. So you get the full context of everything that's going on, and it makes you really appreciate um, everything more, especially with the whole Metal Gear Solid Two uh, route they went with it. And um, yeah, I actually listened to a few spoiler casts, including the one that um, the uh, Neil Druckmann and Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker did, and hearing their um, their opinions and their views of the way they did the game was just um, it just really like uh, not really set a fire, but it really uh, gave me a lot of closure. You know, I've been looking for a lot of people to talk about this game with, and uh, yeah, it's 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 quite the game, and um, I'm really uh, proud of the way it turned out. Uh, I've also been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons, as Teresa mentioned. They did the bug off event yesterday, which was similar to the fishing event. You basically just uh, run around for three minutes, catching as many bugs as you can. And uh, I was primarily playing with uh, one of my friends uh, over at Sony. And, um, yeah, it took us four hours to get to 300 points. So, basically, you want to catch as many as you can so you can accrue points in order to redeem them for um, certain bug items. And then, um, as you get past the 100, 200, 300 thresholds, you end up you end up getting gold, silver, and bronze trophies. So, got all those today. And um, I totally forgot that uh, one of my villagers had moved the other day, and mm-hmm. she had an empty plot. And I was like, oh, shoot, uh, I really wanted to like spend some time going to random islands trying to recruit animals. But it was already 3.30 a.m. So uh, I went the dirty route, went on Discord, and spent four million bells for a uh, villager I really wanted. So Audi moved in uh, this morning, so looking forward to that, even though I got it the dirty way. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want to waste too much time playing this game, because the load screens are really, really long. Mm-hmm. Um... And uh, so I'm, I'm pretty much doing what Teresa's doing now. I'm just um, like waiting for the new content, but at the same time, making sure my island doesn't go awry. Um, so the uh, the rough thing about this game is that even though you have a lot more um, slots or in- inventory slots that, that you did in previous games, if you want to be carrying around four million bells, it's really hard to do because you have to end up. Um, Unleashing all your inventory, and then um, if you have more than uh, 99,999 bells, uh, it puts the rest in a slot, and each slot can only have 99,000 bell bags. So I ended up having have I ended up having 40 slots of 99,000 bells. Went to someone else's island and went ahead and dropped them all there, one by one. Um, previous games, or not even previous games, but like when when you're selling stuff in the Nook shop. You can go ahead and choose as many as you want and then sell from there to make it easier. I don't know why, like, you can't just choose to drop more than one thing. It's, it's kind of dumb. And, like, it, it, it beckoned me back to a fake Nintendo Direct a few, um, a few months ago where they talked about all these huge quality of life changes. And it was actually really well done because you couldn't even tell if it was real or fake. And I was like, wow, this is parody. This is the most fucked up parody possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also got back into Ring Fit Adventure. Um, we've had a bit of a heat wave here in California where 
every day has been 95 degrees, so um, I haven't been playing. Yep. But I played yesterday when I got home, and I played for around 15 minutes, and I was drenched. Like, my shirt was totally wet, and I was like, okay, yeah, this this, this game is definitely doing what it needs to do. And um, the, the weather definitely calmed down today. I think we're at 74 right now, and I plan on doing a 10K later, so that'll be nice. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty much just uh, treading water until the next games come out but in the meantime since i have all this time left now i figured i also uh buy shadow bringers granted i didn't even finish from reborn yet and my uh trial already ran out but it was 23 dollars. i can't go wrong with that right so right and shadow bringers is so good yeah and it comes with everything so i was like why not yeah what about you lee uh i've not been nearly as busy as all of you um, I have been trying to, for like the last week, I've been trying to play more of Tits and more of Deus Ex, uh, was it, what are the first ones? Human Revolution, Mankind Divided, one of those fucking two. And I've been able to put roughly about 15 minutes into each of them, which is really fucking irritating. It's like the minute I sit down to do it, something else comes up and I can't fucking play it. So, um, I'm hoping I will get to that at some point today. Um, but probably not. We have been watching Altered Carbon in my house since they canceled, or not canceled, but since they delayed Cyberpunk again, I've been like, well, fuck. Trying to get that fixed. Yeah, so Altered Carbon is a fucking awesome show. I recommend it to everybody. Um, although what's weird is we were watching, like, you know, the, in the, I don't know what it's like in Canada, Phil, but here, like, you know, you watch Netflix and the top left-hand corner is the episode loads up. It tells you basically all the bad shit that's going to be in the show, like sex or or violence or sexual violence or violent sex and mm-hmm. then <laughs> and cursing but then in like so it'll say like nudity sex you know language and then it says smoking yeah it just, just trips me out every single time because we watch it and so me and like a whole family makes a joke about that like yeah we don't mind the tits and ass but the smoking is a little out of hand <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, I actually didn't realize that as far as basic cable goes you're not allowed to show smoking but yeah, for, but for a regular cable, you can. Yeah, exactly. So it's that's just trips me out every time we've been watching it. So we're like, we're like six episodes in. Um, so we'll probably finish that at least the first season, probably tonight. Um, I want to play Neo, um, but as I put in the show notes, uh, wanting and doing are two different things. So hopefully, I will get to it during the uh, during the holiday weekend. We'll see. I think the other part of my next weekend is going to be spent trying to prevent my dogs from. Uh, killing themselves during the fireworks. So that's mm-hmm. going to be thrilling. It's also because they will be convinced that it's the end of times. Dude, yeah. for the last month, somebody is in our neighborhood has been setting off fireworks every month or every night. And it's just, it's exhausting. So. I don't know if you've heard in, I think, NYC, they're doing it every day from the 30th oh. to the, yeah. the 4th to celebrate essential workers. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because yeah, people really want, want more of that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like if they're at home sleeping, why not wake them up? <laughs> Makes so, sense. Yeah. So here's hoping that next week I get more than 15 minutes of game time in. I'm looking forward to uh, the attempt. Yeah. Go for 20 so, and uh, yeah, feel some like, of them. I feel yeah. like uh, I'll be living the life if I can hit 20 minutes. That'll be amazing. <laughs> so like I've been stuck in the same fucking town in tits for like the last week, literally. Yeah. Those towns can last a while. Yep. No, no, no. Like I just walked in. Yeah, I haven't done shit yet. So, just are you playing uh, FC or SC? I'm playing um, FC on my okay. Vita. I have a um, a fan translated version of it 
on my Vita that I'm playing. So yeah, he's playing Evolution. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, but I, I did manage to get the DLC for it, so it puts the original music back. Because man, the Evolution tracks are fucking garbage. What happened? I didn't even know about that. And you know, the Kawa so, remixes. Oh yeah, no. they're, they're just bad. It's just really fucking bad. And then there's a DLC that puts the uh, the music back, so I was able to download that. But okay. the idea is, is you know, hopefully by like 2025, I'll have been able to get through all three because all three are on the Vita and fan translated. So I've got them all downloaded. I just need to find the time, which we, as we discussed, very difficult. Mm. So yeah, yeah, that's about it. And I, right. I've also been crying because Phil's leaving us. <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. So, uh, but where we should go is New Game Plus because uh, that was um, a very, very interesting little presentation that happened this week. Uh, it was kind of a showcase of indie and Japanese developed titles, uh, and there was a lot there packed yeah. into a forty-five minute presentation. Uh, we have some highlights here on the show notes, but there were a couple of that I saw that kind of, uh, you know, struck me as looking pretty good. Yeah, if anything else grabbed you, go ahead and add it to the show notes and we can talk about it because I just um, I just kind of bottom-lined it while I was trying to split my attention between the show notes and um, and the doc. Yeah. Era and the show itself. But... Um, yeah, there was a lot going on there. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure somebody's going to want to talk about Fight Crab anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fight Crab, that that was a thing and it was looks completely insane and probably uh worth checking out, I would suspect. Yeah. Um you're a crab and you fight. That's yeah, it's clearly inspired by that crab that escaped a restaurant brandishing a steak knife. <laughs> yeah. The, the videos on YouTube. Yeah. And somebody just took the idea and ran with it, and yep. now we have a video game. Yeah, so we have that. Uh, we saw, what was there? Well, Fallen Legion Revenants was one that looked uh, kind of interesting for me. I hadn't even known about this series, so now I'm looking, thinking, like, you know, maybe I need to play that first one. Uh, I might have to give that a shot, yeah. Yeah, because it was like, huh, this looks like it might be right up my alley. Uh, there was that that struck out at me uh, during that montage that they did at the end. There was a couple that uh, struck out at me. Volta Six looked really interesting. Yeah, uh, and uh, the other one was uh, Mad Rat Dead, which was like, okay, this looks completely fucking crazy, and I might have to give this a try. There was a lot of that going on at the show. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of like very weird type of ideas that that were on display, and uh, well, because you know Japan. Um, a lot of anime-inspired stuff, but you'd kind of expect that mm-hmm. because Japan. Uh, yeah, there were quite a few visual novels on display. Yeah, um, that idle manager uh, management sim kind of looked interesting, um, but you know, <laughs> I, mean, I I like that uh, it <clears throat> opens up with uh, with her basically admitting how exploitative the uh, uh, idle culture is. Yeah, so, <laughs> that that was. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, but there were, like, the highlights. Uh, SNK had a couple of things that they uh, announced. Yeah, uh, apparently the Neo Geo collection is going to gradually become a thing on the Switch. Uh-huh. Uh, the Neo Geo Pocket collection, I should say. Um, yeah, we've already got Gals Fighters on there, and I finally picked that up um, because I was never able to track down a Neo Geo Pocket cartridge of it. Right. Um, 
But now we know that Samurai Showdown 2 and The King of Fighters R2 are coming as part of that collection as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where they go with this because there were some real gems on the Neo Geo Pocket that never popped up anywhere else. Or um, or if they did, they just weren't as available widely as they should have been. Yeah. Um, if they can manage to get the SNK versus Capcom stuff on there, that'll be fantastic. Yeah. Um, Which they should be able to do because technically those were, they own those. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm just not sure if there's a limited license with Capcom that would have to be renewed or what, but um, if they could give me uh, card fighters with online play, yeah, I'm there for that. <laughs> so, um, I definitely found that interesting. Um, how about the the final season two DLC for um, Samurai Showdown? Who yeah. saw that coming? Oh. The, the warden from For Honor. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's isn't even the most liked character. So that, that, that was really weird. <laughs> it, it was really weird. And uh, like, how many of the characters that have gone to Samurai Showdown have been crossovers so far? Uh, uh, exactly one now. One. <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, didn't Ivy show up in Samurai Showdown? Or am no. I completely... Yeah. She'd be a good one. She would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm surprised that there wasn't a, a Soul Calibur character showing up because uh, Soul Calibur itself got Haomaru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. an absolute damage monster, I should add. Um, <laughs> like, his Soul Calibur um, design is very true to his Samurai Showdown design, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was... Um, Completely out of left field, and I haven't had the chance to try the character yet, just because um, I've, I've been playing exclusively... What? I don't think he's out yet. He is. Yeah? Uh, he was out the following day, I believe. Hmm. Uh, the 24th, I want to say. Oh, 24th, um, I'm thinking... How about it? You said July 24th. Never mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, um, I've just been playing exclusively on my Xbox because you know Fantasy Star. Yeah, but um, yeah, he looks like an interesting character that does um, does definitely add to uh, the Samurai Showdown roster. Yeah, so, um, they didn't. Uh, I don't think they confirmed a season three, but I would kind of be surprised if they didn't eventually. Yeah, anything. this is definitely a success story for SNK. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, also, SNK, uh, they kind of announced a physical version of uh, the Samurai Showdown Neo Geo collection. Um, yes. So, oh, my God, is that beautiful. Yes. Uh, yeah, if you want a nice... And the collection itself is fantastic, so it's, yes. it's very, very well done. So uh, definitely something that, if you want a keepsake, uh, is definitely worth your money. Like they tracked down a lost game that nobody knew about to put in this collection. Yeah, what can be said? <laughs> yeah, so you're gonna get that. You're gonna get the soundtrack CDs. Um, yeah, it's all gonna be presented in a nice Neo Geo shock box. So yeah, looks looks really good. Uh, so that was kind of SNK in a nutshell. Um, they uh, didn't announce anything too new. Uh, like they didn't mention KOF 15 or anything like that. But I'm guessing they're. They're saving that for Evo Online, I'm sure. Yeah, so 
Uh, then we got uh, Anti Creates, who uh, announced uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. Yes. Which has a yeah. corgi with a mech suit. And that's that's all you really need to know. Mm-hmm. You're going balls out with that one. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, that's on uh, all the things. Yeah, it's going to be on all the things. Uh, be able to get that soon. Uh, they didn't say when, but soon is when they mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, looks good. Uh, yeah. Also, I'm wondering if like I want either of those two characters, Robert or the Corgi, are going to be the third playable character in Bloodstained because Zangetsu is uh, uh, already out now. So there's one more to come. So who knows? Mm. Kind of. Uh, yeah, but I think Robert, uh, the firearms base guy, would probably be a good fit because uh, yeah, yeah, you got a sword dude, and you got whatever Miriam is shardbinder, and the firearms based guy would probably be a pretty nice uh, addition. Mm-hmm. So, um, on the subject of Hachi, though, did you did you watch the special segment that they did talking to uh, Inti Creates about it? Uh, no, I didn't catch that afterwards. So. Um, when they made the decision to make the character just a dog in a mech suit, everyone on the staff immediately came up uh, with these ideas. Okay, if you're doing this, this is what you have to do. And they ended up cramming all the ideas in, and they felt like, um, okay, maybe this is a little overpowered. Maybe we need to dial it back a bit. And the staff was just like, don't you fucking dare. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to go ham with this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, if you're already committing to a dog in a mech suit, you might as well just own it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Go all the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole segment was great. If you, um, It's worth going out of your way to find, to check out. Yeah, I think that was the stream that they did after the yeah. announcement. So, yeah. So there was that. Uh, a couple of uh, announcements from Nihon Falcom. Uh, we've got the date for Trails of Cold Steel 4. Uh, it's coming out in October. 20, when was it? 27th October. Yeah. That, that actually made me glad that Cyberpunk got delayed. Because <laughs> <laughs> so you got to be able to play it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So PS4 uh, first, but coming to PC and uh, Switch in uh, 2021. Oh, yeah. And uh, I should also out, they uh, kind of previewed the next game in the series, too. Yeah. How'd you mind? It's almost done, I think. Yeah, yeah it is. And uh, after... God knows how long they're finally shifting the story over to the Republic of Calvary. Yeah, about time. But we kind of figured they were going to go there. So yeah, yeah. And it looks like it's getting like a bunch of characters from a bunch of all the other games together. So. Yep. Well, I mean the the name literally translates to Trails to the Beginning. Mm-hmm. So that's very telling. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let me also uh, get a little bit of a preview of uh, East Nine Monstrum, uh, slated for 2021. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that was that was their one more thing, and uh, uh, the, the feed I was watching was. Um, see, this is what I want from E3. I want presentations where the one more thing is a fucking Falcom game. Yeah. <laughs> give it. Shoot that into my veins, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's funny you mentioned that because, like, you know, we, we've covered E3 for so many years, but there's never actually been anything like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we've even had indie showcases, and we've even had um, what, what, what are they called? The the company that does Devolver. Like, Devolver yeah. just totally fucks around. But like, we never have have this at all. And it's funny because, you know, um, the, the the one year where I went to E3 as a member of the public, 
when it comes to these kinds of games, like the niche Japanese titles, there were no lines for them. And then, like, those were actually the most fun uh, I've had during during the expo and things like that. And the funny thing is, for us in particular, we don't have any problem reaching out to any of these publishers. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It, for, this is my E3 now. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, if they can make this happen every year, help scale it up a bit if you want. Just find a way to deliver this on an annual basis and I will be you know, then I will be more than happy to let E three die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the uh, feed I was watching was I was watching um, Easy Allies as a uh, live reactions because like as for a lot of the mainstream slash like uh, independent sites that really really know their stuff, I really respect Easy Allies and they actually know their Japanese stuff too. Um, but a lot of them were really susp- expecting things like uh, Sonic to show up, and I was like, Sonic at this? Good luck. But then when, when once the, the East part showed up, like they all lost their shit, and I was like, yeah, these are my people. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is weird times that we're going through, so it kind of uh, necessitates a little bit of uh, ingenuity as far as these presentations go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm onto something here. Yeah, I'm just glad that... Uh, you know, the right people seem to be talking to each other and making this stuff happen. Um, yes. It, it kind of seems like, you know, like the big uh, gaming gaming organizations, uh, like the ESA, um, mm-hmm. starting to become a little less relevant, given that, um, you know, you have these smaller publishers uh, just starting to band together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've talked about the middle of the gaming industry dropping out. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're seeing that middle come back up, it looks like. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Do we yeah, actually there... know uh, who put this together? Is NGPX actually a, an organization? or? A... I have. I don't have any idea. I just figured it was Keeley. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like something Keeley would do. That's, that, so. that is true. And, like, like, the whole thing, like, definitely screamed uh, Nintendo Direct. Like, even some of the slides they used, I was like, wow, this is actually really, really well done. And, like... Yeah. The, the only like bullshit we saw was like t- typical stuff we'd we'd normally see out of a Japanese presentation, like with Suda Fifty One. I was like, okay, yeah, you're crazy, man. So yes, he is a crazy man. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, but was there... at, at, at this point, we we know more about what these companies are doing than Microsoft or Nintendo. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and notice that there was there was no next gen content at all, mm. and you know. By and large, these were games coming in 2020 or early 2021. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have any... Well, other than Escape from Asura, which was like... Oh, yeah. It might as well have just been like a screenshot, because that's about as much as you saw. Uh, so, yeah. There, and those moments was... are fine in small doses. It's when you put together an entire press conference of them that it kind of pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, yeah. So, was there anything that uh, else that uh, stood out before we uh, move on to the rest of the stuff? Ooh. While I did enjoy um, a lot of it, there were definitely some parts I still cringed at, like a, a lot of dating sim stuff. There was this one where yeah. they were in a bakery or some shit, and I was like, uh-huh. "Ah, yeah, I'm gonna avoid this one." <laughs> this is what happens. We've gotten to the point where visual novels are pretty ubiquitous in the West, and so uh, with that is going to come coverage of those visual novels, and uh, that's going to be kind of a mixed bag. But mm-hmm. by and large, I don't look at it as necessarily a bad thing. It's it's the continued proliferation of Japanese gaming in the West. Yeah. Oh no, it's definitely not a bad thing at all. Especially if you have a game like um, Doki Doki come out every once in a while. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Of course, we saw Harvest Moon, which, you know, we haven't seen in a whole hell of a long time. So. That looks bad. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, well, it looked, it looked fine. I mean, it's just, it's probably it's probably Switch-based or whatever, because mm-hmm. it didn't, I don't know. It's not very high fidelity, I'll tell you that much, but for a Harvest Moon game, I mean, yeah. I guess it's it's, right. it's it's just really tough to put a lot of stock in a Harvest Moon now, especially since they've actually found a way to separate story of seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And story of seasons is superior, in my opinion. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so yeah. So I guess uh, that'll probably do it for uh, New Games Plus Expo. Uh, let's move on to some other stuff that happened this week. Uh, Microsoft started testing out Sea of Thieves private servers, which um, should help uh, avoid trolls. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yeah, but this is a bad option. They're making you pay for servers. Oh. Uh. As well as you get no gold or reputation progress. So you're no, playing no. a bad just version of the game where you can't do the quests. Yeah. Well, Basically just a sandbox. That. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I'm just calling it here now. We don't have to even talk about this anymore. It's fucking stupid. Fuck that. They shouldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. And this <laughs> seems most for streamers. Yeah. Which is fine for that. But for people that want a like solo uh, friendly. Uh, version of the game to play, they not really getting it unless they want to pay for something that's not going to allow you to get real progression out of it. Yeah, yeah, they're putting in uh, doing testing with it uh, for people in the insiders program. So hopefully, yeah. they figure out that it's not really a great way to play the game. No, outside of the specific uh, circumstances. Subset. Yeah, yeah, not circumstances. So. Yeah, it was worth mentioning. Uh, yeah. What else we got? Uh, we got Rogue Legacy 2 is entering early access the 23rd of July. So um, that game looks really good. Yeah. yeah I was most disappointed because I initially read that as June 23rd. I was like, oh, shit, I can go get that on Steam now. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, nope, oh, fuck. Nope, next month. Uh, uh, so yeah, that'll be on Epic Games Store and Steam. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they put out uh, trailers to show like what, what you're going to have in this version of the game. Yeah. So, yeah, something to, to uh, you know, help you earn those Steam points. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, because that's a thing now. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's a whole weird thing. Yeah. On the, Pay for the, animated stickers for chat. Yeah. Well, in, in, in the sense, it's kind of like, you know, just getting, a re- just getting rewards points for buying stuff, but it's stupid. You're not really getting <laughs> things you might yeah. want out of it. Yeah. If it's if it's not coming with a special event and points that you get from that, it's not happening. Well, it's just like, the thing of it is, you don't have to do anything. It's like just you buy a game on Steam and you get points. It's just yeah. You, just you get a free one for each day that you uh, check it out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that was a thing. Uh, we got delay. Uh, the next Tales game has been delayed until. 2021, at least. Yeah, uh, kind of expected to have this to happen. They only revealed this thing at E3 last year, and uh, apparently this is them sort of wanting to take it a little longer for a couple of reasons. For one thing, the PS5 is right around the corner. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they, it's on uh, the cusp of coming out. Um, I figured it was just being delayed for COVID-19 reasons. Uh, yeah. Probably also that, but uh, yeah, also. That- both uh, Tales of Hysteria and Tales of Berseria had really short development cycles, 
And yeah. as good as those games are, it kind of showed. Yeah. So yeah. adding yeah. a bit of polish might uh, might be a good thing. So, yeah, yeah, plus I do like there's hysteria, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. They are. They apparently they're also trying to. Uh, they're being a little bit more ambitious with this particular installment. So. Okay. Hmm. All right. So. Yeah. Is there any that you'd actually recommend? Because I, I didn't even like this game. The last time I actually enjoyed a Tales game was Symphonia. Uh, Syria is basically like the, like an ultra, prequel to Zysteria, and it's also a lot darker. It's the past arc. Yeah. Um. But, uh. Yeah. Uh. Really, your it's your mileage may vary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are some ser- series that you're just not going to get along with, so it's just that. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, the fact that I that I'm enjoying Zysteria at all is a breakthrough for me. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, if you've been looking at your Wii and thinking, you know, uh, I kind of wished more games were coming out for it. Well, I can get Shakedown Hawaii physical release for Wii and Wii U. Yep. I mean, yay. Okay, who asked for this? I, I don't know. Uh, this guy does, because uh, the creator of this game in uh, Retro City Rampage uh, likes to backport his games to older platforms. Nobody's really asking for just to see if he can do it. Because he made versions of like Retro City Rampage that worked on DOS. Like, MS-DOS and the NES. Yeah. Like, natively worked on that. It's not like yeah. uh, fake indie versions that look like right. it, I guess. But yeah. I guess like more colors or whatever. But yeah, he's uh, made these versions that uh, made it work on 4x3 televisions. That kind of stuff says the Wii version supports both 50 hertz and 60 hertz. So uh, the thing is that and Pal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, the Wii version is not approved by NOA, so they had to go through NOE, Nintendo of Europe, uh, to do this. So these are largely designed for European uh, markets. So they have uh, a 50 and 60 hertz uh, support for the Wii version. Uh, supports the Wii remote with shaking. The Classic Controller, Classic Controller Pro, and the GameCube Controller. Uh, said he made sure to uh, make sure it works uh, the same as it does on the other consoles. Uh, <laughs> as well as to fit entirely into the Wii system memory. So I know load times uh, because of the, the disc. Uh, yeah, Wii version supports both SD and HD, 4x3 and 16x9. Uh, play with GamePad... Pro Controller, Wii Remotes, Wii Classic Controller, Wii Classic Controller Pro. can be entirely played on the gamepad with touch controls, or on the TV, based on how you like it. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be the whole game with the most recent updates uh, included. Uh, Yeah, the Wii version will launch Thursday, July 9th uh, for 30 bucks. Uh, limited to 3,000 copies, so suggest uh, subscribing to email notifications to make sure you get that. Uh, That's very optimistic. Yeah. Uh, and Wii U and Steam versions will follow in August, because uh, on PC this was exclusive to Epic Game Store at launch. Mm. So that'll also be happening around the same time as the Wii U version launching. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's still like one of the last people making like physical PSP games, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so he very much is into offering that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, you can order them directly off of his site at uh, vblank.com. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. I'm Pretty cool with that because I mean he's not he's not overcharging for them, so that's yeah. you know that's a nice thing. Yeah. yeah. Even though he is, um, you know, taking up the expense of getting all this uh, stuff, you know, manufactured, and it's like, yeah, it, it seems like it's more of a passion project for him just because he can. So probably be there. Yeah. Yeah, I see his. Uh, he lists like what all versions of Retro City Rampage are out. PS4, PS3, Vita, PSP, Xbox 360, Switch, 3DS, Wii, uh, Windows, Apple, Linux, MS-DOS, iOS, and Android. So far, Shakedown Hawaii is just PS4, Vita, Switch, 3DS, Wii, Wii U, and Windows. Well, he's got to get a move on. Yeah. He's got to get that DOS version going. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, next up, uh, yeah, this is Animal Crossing New Horizons news. July 5th is going to be when you're going to see your new content updates. 3rd. 3rd? 3rd? Yeah, mm-hmm. this Friday coming up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they've announced they've got three big updates, I think, coming through this summer. Uh, and the first one is out here on Friday. includes swimming and diving, mm-hmm. which I guess was a thing in uh, New Leaf. I don't remember this yep. at all. Yep, it uh, is. But, yeah, that is... Uh, that stuff you can scoop up sea creatures and all that stuff. Some more ways to traffic animals uh, in the game. <laughs> uh, I mean, and wrong. more and more museum stuff. So yeah. there's that. Which is good. I finally got my second painting for the museum. This <laughs> red finally showed up again. Uh, it's like all right, I got two of like fifty. All right, this is going to take, take a while. while. Uh, <laughs> Pascal is bringing more recipes. Uh, let's see, the friendly visitor Pascal seems to love scallops, and if you discover one while diving, may ask if you can have it. So thank you to share some of his mermaid-themed DIY recipes. And I guess there, Gulliver shows up, he washes ashore because he gets drunk and falls off his ship. Whatever the stupid reason is. Uh, or they push him off, I don't know. Uh, but there's going to be a pirate version of Gulliver showing up. Uh... They'll have his own rewards, special rewards for helping him out and digging up his stupid fucking broken walkie-talkie <laughs> or phone or whatever. Yep. It's one of the more annoying things that's in that game. It's like, oh, good, I got to dig up fucking parts for his stupid phone. Oh, it's quicker than Wisp. Don't worry about it. I <laughs> hate <laughs> both of those things. Yeah. I just, and, you know, I just want to wait a wanna... If you want to be a dick to Gulliver, you can grab his parts and not give it to him, and then the next day they, uh, yeah. they rot. And you can actually uh, fast track your way to the uh, to the Gundam. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Just give me a way to push him off into the water mm. and float to somebody else's island. <laughs> um, you know, so, it's crazy. Like y'all could have done this to Mario Maker too. But, yeah. You know. Yeah, they say their next update is early August, so probably find out towards the end of July what that is going to be. Yeah. I assume September will be the last one of these Summer, yeah. uh, weekly, uh, monthly updates. Yep. So, anyways. Uh, so, next up we got uh, news from Microsoft. They're shutting down Mixer and kind of selling it off to Facebook. because yep. and... Pretty much all of the uh, uh, the uh, streaming community is uh, kind of in meltdown mode. Well, yeah. people who were quite heavily invested in Mixer, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah the, they're essentially partnering with Facebook Gaming to move 
for partners, they can essentially get the same contract with uh, Facebook to get partner status there without having to work their way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to do the same for the people that have just like the uh, affiliate status yeah, uh, as well. But uh, some of their big-named streamers they paid to come over to Mixer, Ninja, and Shroud essentially got paid off to end their contract so they can go wherever. Assuming yeah, they just took the buyout. They'll just yeah. go back to Twitch uh, at some point. Uh, let's see. And yeah, so Mixer employees are largely getting moved to other parts of Microsoft. Uh, who knows if there's going to be redundancy there. They might get laid off as a result of that, but yeah, it's... Uh, there are a few people involved there that should be laid off, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. Because that's really the elephant in the room with uh, Mixer, is that they were in the middle of this whole scandal with um, terrible behavior on the part of management. Mm-hmm. Um, racism, sexism, you name it. Um, and that not all that long ago, they said that they were going to work to uh, to fix the culture there and, um, you know, make it worthy of the communities that people have built there. And then you turn around and they tap out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and they, that's... Um, they push on Facebook where there's a great community there. Yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the shitty lie. part they, of it. Them doing Mixer and rolling into Facebook, I was like, well, I'm not a big streaming kind of person anyway, but uh, fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm not going to go there. No, First of all, I didn't fuck, even realize Facebook, Facebook gaming... I didn't even realize Facebook gaming was a thing. Um, so, yeah. yep. That, that exists. Yeah, they can still, they can eat, like, two dicks. Yeah. Them, mm-hmm. And, you know what, matter of fact, Microsoft, between this and Skype, they need all the dicks. <laughs> so, yeah. just put that out there. But, yeah, what a, yeah, I mean, I get it, like, I understand, but that doesn't mean I'm happy with it. Like, yeah. And, well, you know, well, Mixer's been trying just... to get market share in the the streaming category, and Facebook Facebook just rolls in and surpasses them pretty quickly, uh, picking off some of the Twitch, some of the bigger Twitch streamers uh, to move over. But yeah, Mixer basically, you know, picked up like two or three of the biggest Twitch streamers, and it didn't push them any further ahead. Uh, then no. Facebook just surpasses them easily, just because they're Facebook, and I guess some people are bored on Facebook and just want to watch streams. Yeah, just watch random God, crap. I think I'm just old, guys. I just don't get... Like, I even know, Chris, like, I know you stream for us. Yeah. But I'm just... I don't like watching people play games. And I'm like, fuck, I don't got enough time to play games myself. I'm not going to sit down and watch somebody else do it. You know? I mean, yeah. I totally get that that view. It's like, you know, I, I participated in some of Chris's streams, and that's, that's fun. Uh, yeah. But it's like... Yeah, it's. I don't know. There's just something weird about about the streaming culture in general that yeah, well, parts of it just ones. kind of rub me the wrong way. There's weird yeah. shit going on in the way yeah. that feels very much like uh, GamerGate stuff, where we'll talk about this later. But yeah, there's uh, a purge there's, going on. There's, there's people that with just have story. have mm-hmm. some real shitty attitudes. It's cultivated that kind of audience. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, those those people didn't make their way to Twitch on happenstance. No. Because there are people that were appealing to them. Yep. 
So. A lot of the people that I know that enjoy like watching streaming uh, primarily do it because they don't have a console. So that end, like, I can understand. But like, I don't know. Like, so I, I'm I'm on Lee's boat here. Like, I've, I've never particularly enjoyed watching people play anything unless it's a friend or someone I personally know. And I think part of that also comes with some sort of biased animosity towards streamers because they pretty much took away a lot of the market share that uh, small sites like us have. Um, like, you know, in, in 2010, it, it, it was... It wasn't easy for us to get to get games to cover, but um, now that the streaming stuff has all pretty much you know found its place, they, 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 they've taken a lot from us, and it's hard to really get used to that. And it's it kind is. of in that spirit that I was trying to nudge us toward a podcasting and um, you know YouTube kind of direction mm-hmm. because I kind of I kind of saw that that was where things were going, and I was I wanted us to get our piece of it without really compromising ourselves. Yeah, no, no, like, like that, that, that's definitely a fine way to go about it, and I, I actually do appreciate that, that sort of initiative. But like, also the the hard thing is, you know, just getting getting the right equipment, uh, having yeah. people having other people get it. On, on top of the fact that I'd actually try streaming if I didn't have such a shitty upload rate, and I'm not in a position where I really want to up want to upgrade right now. And uh, yeah, mm. it's tough. Mm. Uh, not not to mention like um, I would totally be fine with doing video reviews every now and then, but uh, finding the time to edit videos and then finding the time to um, read what I write. It's stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's difficult. Well, yeah, I've got a video editing issue I'm having on my new computer as well that I've got to get sorted out before I can do anything of that sort, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it, once you start doing video, it, it gets to be a whole other kettle of worms. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's the, the stuff we do like out of, out of our own passion takes a lot of time. And yeah. if you add the whole like video editing thing, I mean, like Phil does a whole lot, and you know that's part of the reason why he's burnt out. But yeah. it's tough. Yeah. So. All right. So let's. Yeah, it's it's uh, one last thing I'll just say about the streaming thing too is that I think the other reason that I don't care for it is I don't like reaction videos. No. Oh, yeah. So there having some moron scream over whatever he's doing, like that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Oh my fucking god! Oh my god! Ah! I would seriously rather yeah. like fucking yeah. stab so see, my I, fucking dick with rusty nails. Yeah. See, I'm at, that's yeah. why I don't do any of that shit when I stream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm very much. I'm actually okay back. with the reaction videos. I don't like when people shout for no fucking reason. That's, yeah, that's so annoying. yeah, you can tell when you're going when you're looking at them because they have all the same thumbnails. Yeah, of them like their <laughs> yeah. their picture, someone like, a text over it, and it's like, oh, what, yep. oh. It's so manufactured. Yeah. Yeah. But that works. That's why the fucking works and they do it all. Yeah. Because it's unfortunately that sort of shit does way better than the actual like genuinely uh enjoyable content that people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm, it's I'm pretty much um opposed to the entire concept of the streaming or YouTube celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um just at as a blanket term, really, hmm. um, which is kind of at odds with the fact that I'm trying to actually make a presence on there. But even if even if I somehow hit it big and um, did well with it at some point, I would absolutely shun the term, the entire um, the concept of the culture that surrounds it, hmm. um, because it's just so fake to me. It's so manufactured it's so plastic and yeah I, I i i'm looking at what's going on in streaming right now as 
hopefully a good sign because there is le- there's a legitimate purge going on of um, unfortunate personalities, unfortunate behaviors, and we're going to be circling back to that topic here in a minute. But that actually came out of this whole streaming thing because mm-hmm. once Mixer folded up, it became known to all of these um, all of these other streaming platforms that there was a pretty sizable community out there up for grabs. But a lot of them were um, Twitch refugees, and they were Twitch refugees for a reason, and that's because people fucking sucked on Twitch, mm-hmm. and Twitch wasn't doing anything about it. And so now uh, Twitch is doing something about it because they understand that the Mixer community was the Mixer community for a reason, mm-hmm. and you know this is a chance to right the ship and get things. Um, Basically, just do a lot of housekeeping that they should have done long ago. Yeah. And so I'm actually kind of excited about where streaming is going to be going from here. But, my God, does Twitch have a have a task ahead of it. Yeah. Well, um, they're not looking for money, so... No. And, and the fact of the matter remains that um, with everything that's going on at Mixer, it's kind of blended with some specific scandals going on in the Twitch community, and it's all coming to a head at the same time. And we talked on um, on Let's Weekend a couple weeks ago about the whole speaking out um, hashtag, and now we're starting to see something similar come up in streaming. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we're um, things are changing, and I'm I want to remain hopeful about it because as much as the culture sucks around streaming um, in general. The, I, I think it's a good technology. It's a good feature to have. And um, if we can fix it, if we can optimize it um, to not have these cultural issues that um, that it's having, then we're really on to something. Yeah. 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 And I... I've had a unique vantage point to this because I'm actually involved in some streaming communities and um, I know some some fairly successful streamers that that I've been in touch with throughout all this. So, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a uh, in in a lot of ways like we're at a point where like this is kind of painful to watch because it's uh, a lot of people who are losing their livelihood. Uh, but at the same time, we're going through a, like a major societal shift. And, yeah, this uh, is cleansing. Yeah, I, I think in the long term, it's probably going to be positive. Uh, but oh, it is not going to be pleasant to get there. Uh, it's really no, going to hurt. Yeah. So yeah. But, I also uh, did want to point out that while I don't like individual React videos or things of the sort, um, I do still enjoy like you know um, watching press conferences from home where they actually have an audience reacting to the material. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like okay. to, to me, like it, it's a good way for the developers and publishers uh, to know that, you know, they actually captured the attention of the people that they want to cater to. And that, you know, that really helps a lot. Like well, uh, another thing that, that I really enjoy is, um, I don't know if you, if you guys have come across it on YouTube, like uh, they actually um, record people going or people at the uh, Nintendo store in New York watching directs as they air live at 6 a.m. or whatever. Mm. And, like, um, 
while you know it, it, it is kind of like annoying to my ears to see people losing their shit, it's like it, it, mm-hmm. it, it is fun like being surrounded by people who are actually you know enjoying the moment. Yes, I, I still yeah, think I mean, the benchmark for that is. Oh, go ahead, Lee. No, I was just saying. I mean, just real quick, there is something absolutely to that. Like, it's one of the reasons why I like going to see like the Marvel movies in the in the movie theater was fun. Mm-hmm. But like, I do think there's a. I wouldn't even call it a fine line. I think there's a really thick line between like doing something that's exciting with a group of like-minded people and just being like an overreactive asshole, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I'm yeah. sure, and the thing is, I'm sure there are people out there that like get legitimately hyped and aren't like falling over the back of their couch or, you know, breaking their keyboard in half like, like we've seen before. But like all of this feels like it comes from, um, what's his name? Uh, Francis. You know, like when you'd be freaking out, flipping tables and shit, and everybody was like, well, that motherfucker got rich. I guess I got to do the same shit. And then mm-hmm. PewDiePie and all that. And so the ironic part about streaming, too, is that I think streaming could definitely, like when you have like things like video reviews or just showing some somebody playing something. Like, it's one of the things I really enjoyed about Giant Bomb for a long time was their quick looks. So you could actually see how a game worked, you know. Um and if I'm That's also what I was trying to do with 15 minutes of game, which yeah. I would like to bring back sometime. Yeah, and see, I feel like that stuff is worthwhile because it's not let me let me go through, you know, let me watch somebody play this with their commentary and, and all of that because it's like – I guess the other thing for me is unless I'm playing a co-op game, um, obviously gaming is a really personal experience for me. I like to absorb the things that I'm playing and, and mess around with them. So it, it would be like having – in a lot of ways, if I watch a stream, it would be like having somebody stand behind my back watching me play and then just run in their mouths. Mm-hmm. I have no patience for that. And I've had enough of so that. Why would I watch? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So why would I watch that in in you know in my spare time, which I have very little of? It's funny because I watch my kid do that shit to my wife. My wife will be playing a game or some shit, and he'll be sitting behind her and go, "Oh, you should do that." She loses her shit, man. Oh my and, god, and rightfully so because yeah. that's annoying. My yeah, grandmother he, used to do it to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he he doesn't pull that shit with me. He knows better, <laughs> but um, he'll sit there and do that shit with his mom, and, and it's just because you know she's she's the the softer one. I'm like, don't do that, don't do that. Meanwhile, if he did it to me, I'd be like, motherfucker, I told you this once, <laughs> you know. So, but it, that's just the thing. So, like, I I wouldn't really enjoy it in my personal life, so I'm not going to spend the time to to do it. And, and again, I realize that that's just me. There's a lot of like my buddy Jason, um, who who and I we share a lot of uh. A lot of gaming uh, preferences that are very, very similar to each other. God knows since I was 15 years old. He loves watching streams, um, but it just doesn't do it for me. And the thing was is I, if I could watch somebody stream and they would just shut the fuck up, I actually might enjoy it because there's so much of my time nowadays where I want to play something and I'm just too fucking tired to do it. Mm-hmm. And so maybe watching something where I'm like, I'm never going to get around to playing this. Yeah, maybe I'll watch ahead. somebody and then maybe that'll give me, maybe I will pick it up or something, but I need them to just completely be quiet. And that's not what gets you subscribers. No. So. I mean, like, right. uh, picking off of that, like that, that was how I got into uh, uncharted. I was uh, babysitting for, for my, for my cousins. And then um, one of them was playing uncharted and I was like, Oh, this, this is funny. All you're doing is killing people by hanging, hanging off of the ledge. And I'm like, okay. But yeah, like you know, as as, as June ends uh, and and seeing how all these uh, different companies and stuff handled their E3, where they would normally just have a press conference, it's just going to be interesting, like moving forward, seeing how how these things change. Because live reactions honestly do mean a lot for the industry, 
And, you know, if, if, if I could like, draw a parallel, it would be with prof- professional wrestling. Like, I would argue that professional wrestling right now is at its, as far as, like, um, their, 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 their physical, um, you know, just, 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 just athleticism, um, it's at its best. But the characters suck and things like that. And, you know, it's really hard for a wrestler now to get over when there's no fans in the audience to get over, too. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on from there. I just uh, wanted to add to that. I think the benchmark for reactions is still Shenmue 3 over at Game Trailers. <laughs> like, that was, that's what, um, that's what those moments are supposed to be. Phil, we're not moving on, as you can see. Oh, we are totally moving on. Uh, because <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese is filing for bankruptcy. Uh, or at least uh, their parent company, which pretty much means that they are. Um yeah. Um, That's what happens I, when you become primarily a pizza company for a few months and nobody wants your pizza. Nobody yeah. wants your pizza and then a global pandemic hits. Um, yeah. This should not surprise anybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, even if they had the arcades and stuff, they probably they still wouldn't have survived because nobody could have gone there to play them. So Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, Chuck E. Cheese had kind of morphed less into an arcade and more into like a kitty casino. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, there's a reason why there were so many stories of parents getting into fights at those places. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it should be worth uh, pointing out that uh, I think Nolan Bushnell had gotten his ass out of there a long time ago. Yeah, he hasn't oh, been yeah. involved in that for ages. <laughs> so, yeah. It's not really even a thing anymore. So, But yeah. it was worth mentioning. But yeah, businesses based around you being at a physical place that are not essential like grocery stores are going to be in bad shape for... Uh, at least the rest of this year. Yeah. So, like, especially, Microsoft especially. shut down all of their stores outside, like, a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're not going to get much traffic. Yeah. Nothing worth keeping them open. Mm-hmm. Well, in the case of Microsoft, they weren't getting much traffic anyway, so it just kind of yeah. made sense for them to tap out on that, too. It's just like, oh, hey, go to a place to look at electronics. Mm-hmm. Like, the internet doesn't have that. Yeah. Uh, but- yeah. They were building like a lot of demo. There is like sit and play Minecraft for like four hours while somebody else shops or test out their VR thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of demo stuff they were doing there, and yeah, that's that would definitely not be happening in this climate. Yeah, for a while. I'm not putting random person's uh, helmet on my face. I'm sorry, that's just not happening. Um, But anyways, we got some other. Oh, one thing I was just going to say to tie into the rest of the conversation, I'll let you, you move on, Phil, is I think that's something that is going to be, uh, I think, a real impediment for um, what we're coming up on this uh, at the end of this year with the um, the new systems out. Like, it doesn't make a big deal. It's not a big deal for us because we're enthusiasts and we're into this shit. But you would be surprised how many people love going to, like, a GameStop or something and seeing that new thing on the kiosk. And that builds hype for them so they can touch it and, 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 and that kind of stuff. And being yeah. able to go to Best Buy, being able to see that stuff, being able to get your hands on those things um, is, is a big deal, for uh, especially for a lot of younger people. And, and um, one of the things that I, I worry about with retail shrinking, especially with the, um, with the pandemic, is um, I, I think – I think retail, for a number of reasons, obviously serves the video game industry really well for the most part. And so seeing less retail outlets, even shitty ones like GameStop, uh, possibly in the future because the foot traffic's just not there or you know it started to come back and then now we're seeing these spikes. That kind of stuff really, really worries me for 
you know, what's going to happen to the, to the industry as a whole. Um, and I know there, there are a lot of people out there that are like, yeah, fuck yeah, digital, digital future and this and that. But, you know, if you, if you go that full route and you're not, you know, on a delivery platform, like with the PC, I think you inevitably end up cutting a lot of people out. Um, and, and I just don't want to see that happen. And that's one of the things that I'm very worried about for the industry overall, um, as this thing kind of rages on and as coronavirus stuff spikes back up is, um, how this is going to affect sales of things long term. I think you'll see a you know a bump with digital stuff, but I mean to be perfectly frank, that pretty much no uh, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. Microsoft is a little less, but um, but Sony and Nintendo, especially when it comes to digital stuff, are just lagging on things like refunds and shit like that. Um, yeah. And and if this is truly going to be the future, I think we need to see all of that stuff be more robust because in a lot of ways. Retail is the check for that, right? You can buy a game. If you don't fucking like it, you can sell it. You know, you have you have ways of recouping that. What you what you have has some sort of inherent value. Um, but as we look at coronavirus, and this seems to be like a shift moving towards digital, maybe even just for safety, um, there's a lot more people that are kind of caught in the wake of that. Um, that that I think you know there there definitely needs to be consideration for. Like I know we've been sitting here talking about, you know, we've essentially kind of had these sort of mini E3s. And I think that we will see those types of press conferences where a lot more companies are moved to more Nintendo direct style things, because is it really necessary to spend a hundred grand on a booth or something like that? And, and I think you, you can move that towards, well, no, not really because we have these delivery mechanisms to get this stuff to the people that want to see it. But that inherent delivery mechanism is free. Um, buying games is obviously not. Um, and, and I think if you see the, the retail industry really start to shrivel up because of things like foot traffic um, and not being able to put your hands on something, not be able to put that VR helmet on and see what something is like. I think that's actually ended up being relatively detrimental to those types of um, physical products that require some sort of interaction to really go, wow, this is, this is something new. It's different than putting a controller in your hand. Um, like for instance, I, I'm still thinking about, uh, picking up maybe doing a VR helmet for that new Iron Man game. But I don't want to do it until I can try it. And I'm not well, just that Ace excited. Combat game you keep Yeah. You you've been that, telling me about has yeah. it too. Yeah, that one has it. And I did do the Ace Combat one and that was fun, but it, like I need something to push me over the threshold and I want to yeah. try it. I'm not just gonna go do some you know, drop three or four hundred dollars sight unseen, especially when they won't take it back. You know, what am I gonna say? Well this doesn't work for me? Like, no, nobody's gonna do that. So that that's one of those things that I worry about with with retail you know, seeming to be really fucked up and will probably be, you know, for the considerable future. Cause the other thing that happens too, guys, like I just had this happen. I, I bought um, a game from Best Buy and it showed up and it was damaged and I sent it back five and a half weeks ago. I still haven't gotten my refund mm. because they're so inundated with returns as well. So it's like mm-hmm. being able to go to a store would be nice, but like the Best Buy near me, you have to make a fucking appointment. Mm. Um, you know, and so that that's the kind of, and I get it. You know, it's all about safety, right? But unless we see the back end of retail physically swing to be online only, and then and all of this stuff is sped up, um, I feel like just going to the source, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, etc., for the games is not the best thing for consumers overall. So I really hope that retail at some point is able to uh, kind of bounce back from this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll get to uh, the rest of the last few stories that we got of the week. Uh, a couple of TV adaptations to talk about that uh, may be happening. Um, first off, uh, Disco Elysium. Uh, great game. Uh, being 
Well, I think it was just green. It was just greenlit by uh, Dimitri Johnson's uh, publishing company, production yep. house, rather. Uh, he did the uh, rather surprisingly successful Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have no idea what they're going to end up doing there. Um, but I'm actually uh, curious how they're going to be able to bring this over to television format, because... Uh... I mean, Disco Elysium is a great game and all, but it's great for a very few specific reasons that I'm not sure can translate well over into television. Right. It's great because of the interaction and the choices that get made due to those yeah. interactions. Yeah. Um, well, it could be a possibility to explore like the stuff that Netflix does with their interaction, which is it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that might be one possible yeah. avenue that they go to. So, I hope they just hurry up and finish translating the book. Yeah, that'd be nice. Because <laughs> I want to read that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was the first. And uh, the next one is uh, Cyberpunk 2077 Edge Runner. Uh, it's an anime from uh, Studio Trigger being yep. uh, done by Netflix. Uh, but mm-hmm. you're going to be waiting for that one. That's coming. Oh, yeah, it's coming out in uh, like 2022. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do we not wait for as far as Cyberpunk goes? Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, um, so as far as Studio Trigger goes, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of all their content. Like their, mo- their most uh, recent thing was a movie called Promar, which mm-hmm. is very visually appealing. I thought it was lacking a lot in the story side, which is pretty much the case for all their stuff. So it's probably, probably going to be the same case with Cyberpunk. But then again, you know, why would you not want to watch a very visually appealing Cyberpunk thing? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean, the, they're working with uh, CD Projekt Red uh, for, for the anime. So there's going to be some... You know, narrative and uh, creative direction going on there as well so it might be that it turns out better than we expect because of that extra helping hand uh, you know along the way because uh, one thing CD Projekt Red is actually quite good at is storytelling so mm-hmm. yeah um, so yeah we're going to be waiting on 2022 for that uh, what we do know is that it's not the same story as Cyberpunk 2077 it is in the same world but it's going to have different characters, different scenarios. So uh, watching this will will not spoil uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Um, Given that it's coming out way later than Cyberpunk 2077, I probably shouldn't spoil your experience with it anyway, because you probably would have played it by then. Um, And if you haven't, well, what are you waiting for? That would be on you. (laughs) Yeah. There's that. Um, okay, next up we got uh, Avengers news, and apparently Square Enix had some marketing disaster. Yeah, so this kind of continues with the what we're talking about here for the next few stories, which is uh, Tale of Abuse getting talked about uh, throughout the industry. And so that definitely hits Marvel's Avengers, because if you uh, heard about the IGN stuff, uh, which featured, look at the 2012 to 16... Uh, time frame. They had three people near the top of their uh, company there with uh, Tal Blevins, Steve Butts, and Casey Lynch uh, doing all sorts of awful stuff. But Casey Lynch is the the focus here because he was accused of soliciting sex from his male employees mm-hmm. uh, while he was at IGN. And guess who did the narration for this video? Hmm. Oh, Casey Lynch. Yeah. Uh, which had been out for at least a few days, so they had a chance to potentially go a different direction, but Casey Lynch is their editorial director uh, for this game. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's oh Jesus, it's not a great sign that they haven't made any sort of announcements regarding his uh, position in the company, uh, all that. But yeah, the the IGN stuff was particularly heinous because uh, there were a couple people that spoke up about their time there. Uh, Kelly Plaggy, who's over at uh, GameSpot now, uh, talked about essentially getting yelled at a lot by uh, Tal and Steve. Uh, yeah, particularly just for like leaving her desk to go to like lunch. We yeah. come back and get emails just yelling at her to the point where she just didn't even want to go to her lunch break. Would have to ask her friends, the uh, coworkers, to get her some lunch because she couldn't leave. Oh, yeah, oh. and that shit you see that shit in a lot of these tech companies and all of that, where it's like this this idea of like hustle culture is if you're not working twenty four seven, how fucking dare you? Yeah. And it sounds like these these guys subscribe to that entirely. And uh, plus, I hate I don't normally would never make a comment about somebody's looks, but that towel guy, if you fucking look up a picture of him, he looks exactly like the guy that would do this shit. Yeah, <laughs> like and, to uh, a T. Like if you fucking had like this weird passive aggressive sexual abuser, uh, or not sexual abuser, but just like work abuser in general, and you looked at this guy and and would. If you were like, oh, yeah, I want to see a guy that would carry on this bro culture and all that shit, it's this dude. The motherfucker even waxes his mustache. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, the other big story that came out of the IGN stuff was Mitch Dwyer talking about, so he's Canadian, so he came over uh, down to San Francisco to work at IGN, and uh, like two years be- during his uh, visa, two years into his visa, he talked to his bosses, uh, two of the, the three guys there that were mentioned. And they were not willing to make commitments to him in a way, kind of using it to try and keep him in line, I guess, with what their in line looked like. Um, and to the point that he was writing you know, articles about news, stuff that was happening with uh, The Last of Us, uh, particularly Uncharted 4. Uh, when you, if you remember the whole Amy Henning leaving uh, thing, Mm-hmm. Uh, IGN's report included a bit saying that Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley had forced her out because they didn't like what uh, she was uh, proposing for the story for that, and that was false information pushed mm-hmm. by the Tal Blevins and Steve Butts. Mm-hmm. Uh, pushing it onto his writing, so it would be under his byline, to keep their good names in terms of having access to Sony's stuff. So uh, that story about Amy Inning getting pushed out didn't happen. I mean, she got she left. Naughty she Dog left, that. but she was not forced out by Neil and Bruce. Okay. Uh, and also, you remember this? Also, the Neil, weird. Neil is very much very pro diversity. So it's yeah, crazy. it was very much like yeah. She came up with this the story stuff. We weren't quite. Uh, we didn't think it would quite work. Had difference of opinions, and kind of she just left. Uh, yeah. Over that. So uh, also, if you remember. Uh, the Last Guardian, the the random story that it was being canceled, that came out of IGN, mm-hmm. completely made up <laughs> by those two, mm-hmm. uh, forced onto his article. There's like stories about you know what's going on with the Last Guardian because you know there was a good bit of silence there mm-hmm. for a few years until they made their reappearance back at E3. Uh, and yeah, the the whole story of it being canceled was all fake, fake sources being used to. Back that up for clicks hmm. by these two assholes, and yeah, uh, yeah. There are various people that have written there during that time frame. Uh, men who got groped, uh, you know, all that kind of shit. That's just awful. That should not be happening in any 
good workplace, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just a, a lot of awful shit going there. It's, they expunged those guys a while back, a few years ago. So things have gotten better there. I don't know if it's perfect, but uh, at least the people there that have been able to speak up have, you know, said it's much better than it used to be. So. Well, now hopefully this will follow them everywhere. Yeah. Well, the other thing, I think, so here's the thing, and I'm I'm a so I'm of two minds of this. Like the one thing that's weird to me is I don't know if you guys have seen it. But like that Tal Blevins guy was was running around and apologizing to people, and it just felt so like he tried to extinguish the story. Yeah, really fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it felt so rehearsed and so canned. And like, so here's the thing: I think we all do stupid shit when we're younger, and I think that we all do stupid shit that can somehow um, hurt people in, in ways that we didn't realize. You know, and I think if I think one of the key components of growth is being open to the idea that your, your behavior is not acceptable. Um, but one of the things that I also wonder about with this kind of stuff, and and I'm not saying it with these guys, like whatever happens to them, fine. But, um, I do wonder when the, with these kinds of things continuing to happen, um, or excuse me, not continuing to happen, but be exposed. I, I think the next conversation that's really important to have is what does the path towards, uh, making amends for what you did look like, and yes. and, yeah. and what and so and and once you're on that path, when is this over, so to speak? Like not to not to you know make the comparison because it's not exactly fair, but I think about people that go to jail, right? Like eventually they their time is served, they get out, and but then we as a society heap all these extra things onto those folks that makes them having any semblance of a normal life really really difficult. And in this instance and these types of instances, I think that we produce the latter portion of punishment um, without essentially giving them kind of a timeout. Um, and and I, I really wonder if how things are going to work in the future um, and how we're going to deal with those things and, and really be able to have honest conversations about, you know, this punishment fits the crime, so to speak. And then and what does that look like? And after they've done their, you know, you know, quote unquote time when are they able to continue their lives? Because on one hand, don't get me wrong, some of the stuff that these guys have done is absolutely fucked up. You know, like I read a story the other day about um, Insomniac, especially, like this this poor uh, woman developer over there, um, basically having uh, a higher-up that was above her um, at, at different points in, in, in time of her employment, uh, basically coming on to her and, and telling her how, what he would do when he was going to fuck her. You know, like this is really horrible shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, and so I think as, as, as we have this sort of cancel culture continue on, I think it's important at some point to, I don't know, for lack of a better term, come up with a, with a punishment fits the crime style thing with these mm-hmm. people. Because like I, I watched Bob Mackie earlier this week on Twitter, uh, go ape shit on that Tal Blevins guy. And obviously Bob is fine because he's doing his other podcasts, he's doing Retronauts, he's doing the Talking Simpsons stuff. I think he's been involved with the Laser Time guys. Um, and, and But again, I, I do wonder, at some point with this stuff going the way that it is, if you're, you're losing an opportunity to teach somebody why they were wrong and then creating an environment where they're just going to dig in in their behaviors and yeah. reinforce it. And mm-hmm. I, that's yeah. one of the things that I worry about that we're, we're going to start seeing happen with this over. Well, okay. I got, so I have a suggestion, and it's actually sort of – well, it's 
uh, let's uh, take it out from the video game world. And let's give it like a real life example. Uh, you remember Michael Vick? Yeah. Oh yeah. Michael Vick was ball player. He got in trouble because it turned out he was running a dog fighting ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was horrible. Um, so what he did was, I guess, and it was partly like court ordered, but he actually started, uh, doing stuff with animals and he actually kind of realized that what he did is wrong. And now he's actually like one of the big figures, uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, stopping animal abuse. Yeah. We also went to prison too. Yeah. Well, that too. Yeah, that too. But the point is, even though that dogfighting thing is part of his legacy, that other thing is now too. Yeah. 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 I would bet you hear more of the of the former than the latter. Yeah. 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 What I thought was funny was when he got out of prison and he got put back in Madden. They upped his um, they upped his awareness statistic because doing two years in prison would put anyone's head on a swivel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I think the the thing like what you're talking about, Lee, is the problem is these guys aren't getting a punishment. They no, the two right. guys that, are that, no, owning, part, they're running they're a consultancy agency and so like the most punishment they would get is not working. Right. They're getting like a bad rep uh versus mm-hmm. whatever and then it's like it makes it would not be surprising if like six months from now they just continue working as they were because, you know, people forget uh, mm-hmm. typically in this kind of stuff. And like, obviously Casey Lynch, he's working for a big time publisher on a big time game. Uh, if he gets, you know, forced to step down, sure. But so far, no real punishment. He's just been the, the face of their big, their first big stream since they yeah. uh, took a little bit of a quiet break to keep working on the game. But yeah, now they've got, they got, Questions to ask themselves at Square Enix, like for the last two months here before launch, like yeah. you know, do you still want this guy to be at the the head of your or the face of your game essentially on the, the editorial side? Yeah, uh, and, and is that worth it for what you want out of this game? It's already had rocky marketing up to this point. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not trying just to be clear for everybody listening and just for you guys as well because you guys know me. I'm not yeah. I'm not one of those folks that's playing devil's advocate because it's no. interesting to me. Like no. I think in in any way shape or form this kind of abuse and that's exactly what it is. It's abuse. It's abuse of power, abuse of your position, all of those things. Um I'm against anything where you can just make somebody feel unwelcome. You know, I just and and I think the the core tenet that I really try to live my life by is just don't be an asshole, right? Yeah. And these guys and all of these instances, all this stuff that we've read, um, definitely had a case of you know you shouldn't be an asshole, and it, and then some of them went way fucking overboard. But I think the what I what does concern me again is that like so so what what would be the appropriate punishment for this kind of thing especially how long you know ago this stuff was is it do they deserve to to lose their jobs now like one of the things i thought about when i was reading these stories is uh, we see these videos right of these uh these racists in public you know whether they say something crazy on facebook or they say something crazy and they get videotaped and then um you know their employers get told about it and then they lose their jobs like on one hand i completely agree with that but on the other hand, one of the things that having grown up in the South and seen people's just prejudices be ingrained in who they are, 
I don't think you ever truly teach somebody after they're a certain age about why they did something that was wrong by depriving them of their livelihood. Um, because yeah. I think what ends up happening is, is you force that person into a corner where they believe, okay, yeah, I might've been wrong, but then the person that did this stuff took it way too far. And now, you know, I'm on food stamps or I'm whatever the case may be. I'm, I'm out of the job. I can't take care of myself, all this stuff. And then that ability for them to learn ends up flipping into hatred. And then I think that that kind of stuff reinforces these general behaviors, whatever they are, whether they're prejudiced, whether they're abuse of power or anything like that. And as I've gotten older, like when I was younger, if, if we were, if we were reading about this stuff when I was like 22, 23 or something, I'd be like, fuck them, yeah. fuck them. But at the same time, my attitude would be, okay, if I'm also 22 or 23, I have the time to bounce back. Right. But if I had done something horrible like that, um, but now, you know, with everything being on social media, everything being so public and, 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 and all that stuff, I don't know how you ever walk away from a, a mistake that you made, good, bad, ugly, whatever it was, um, and then not have it follow you. Because it seems like we're always seeing one of two things happen in these situations. Either nothing happens to these people or something catastrophic happens to them. There doesn't seem to be anything or any degree or degrees that happen for these kinds of behaviors. And so I think, you know, the industry as a whole, especially whether it's the dealings with the media or internal development or anything like that, is going to have to deal with this stuff at some point. And it can't just be because the mob is screaming that it has to be done. Yeah. That's all I'm really getting at. Because it, at some point, like I think about like this Tal Blevins guy, like or, or even like we're talking about the square the square stuff stuff. You know, you can pull those people back. You can deny them promotions. You can do a lot of things that are you know can stunt their careers for the same amount of time that some of these guys stunted other folks' careers. And then that can be the punishment. But I think I just I worry about the extremes. That's all. Where where all of this stuff happens in a vacuum and we have so many I think there's an element in gaming in general that is so toxic, whether it, it swings one way or the other, that the industry in, in return doesn't really know how to react to this kind of stuff. Like on one hand, you have the gamer gators and all of that stuff. And then you have, I think on the complete opposite end, these people that are so fucking woke, their eyes are rolling through the back of their head and they're never going to be able to sleep. And I, I feel like both of those factions um, are, are vying in situations like this to have something done where you can have like the gamer gators be like, nothing should happen to them. Fuck that. And then the, the folks on the other side are like, no, they should be fired. They should be tarred and feathered, but you know, somebody should rip this guy's ball hairs out. Like there, <laughs> there has to be, there has to be some sort of, of, I don't want to say middle ground. Cause I feel like that's such a milk toast, um, thing to say, but I, I just think that there has to be, um, a level of nuance applied to these kinds of things so that the punishment fits the crime, you know, and, and I, I've thought so much about this stuff. I and think also it depends on the, the degree of the transgression, too. Yeah, I, yeah. but I, the only reason I'm thinking about it, too, is because, I mean, again, I, you know, it's hard to ignore the political climate that we're in right now. I'm seeing all these protests. I mean, there's fucking protesters literally a block from my house right now. And, like, I even think about, like, the stuff with cops and, and I'm not trying to make this in any way political because I have friends that are police officers. But, like, when you think about these folks that, that, that have died – even just over the last six months, uh, for something small, you know, like 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 what happened with George Floyd was over. A, from everything that I've read, is over a twenty dollar fucking counterfeit bill, yeah. or whatever the case may be. Like that doesn't warrant a death sentence, right? Exactly. And, mm. and so that that's the thing that I worry about when we look at these kinds of things is that it, it seems to almost be um, a death sentence for folks that have done wrong, 
And I just think that in, in anything, and I've, I've, I've come and to that this. that gives them no incentive it. to be better. Exactly. That's but here's, you. here's the thing. I, I, I want to get in on this because uh, what we're kind of seeing is, like you, you talked about cancel culture earlier. And, you know, for, for them, uh, there is no middle ground. It is, this person did something we don't like. They must not exist. Uh, that is that is their thinking, uh, and you know the, the, when you're if you're an employer, uh, you got a lot of tough choices to make on a daily basis, uh, and uh, you, you kind of have to wonder, like a lot of these just aren't a lot of these employers just aren't willing to make the hard choices and you know sit the person down and go okay this is what this is what happened. This is what you are being accused of. What do you have to say? And actually, you know, begin that discourse. Yeah. And then, you know, you can find out whether that person is uh, a true unbridled asshole or whether he's somewhat he or she, because then that can't be gender biased in that, because that happens with, with women as well. Uh, whether they are someone who is willing to learn or uh, and can and can uh, work to move past it. And if they're willing to move to move past it, the employers themselves need to ha- need to have their back and facilitate that. Yeah. yeah. And we're not seeing yeah. that. We're just not seeing that. We're just seeing, uh, everybody folding to that mob mentality. And yeah, Damn. I think we're, we got a lot of and people that, just losing. That's, time. that's actually, I think a much better way of, of getting to the point that I was trying to say is because it does seem to be the other thing you see happening is these corporations just throwing their hands up. And then just going, fuck it. Because like, I do think that there are differences as well. Like I think about Colin Moriarty especially. Like that guy apparently had a fucking history of just being a D-bag. And yeah. so then when, when kind of funny finally cut ties with him, you know, you saw the schism that happened there where people were just going fucking ape shit. And then you've kind of seen the way that he's curved um, into, you know, whatever it is that he's doing. Um, but I think – and I think actually he is a perfect example of what Phil is talking about, because when it was brought to him, why the stuff that he, he had been doing and saying was wrong, he immediately pivoted to you guys can't take a joke instead of, you know, taking a second to, to go, well, fuck, you know, maybe I need to take a step back and think about this dumb shit that I just said. And I think yeah. if you were incapable of doing that, then yeah, you shouldn't have a fucking job doing that stuff. Yeah. But I also think you need to be given the opportunity to have that self-reflection because, I mean, just fuck, man. I said something stupid in my life last week, and I basically was like – she looked me dead in the face like, you know how fucking stupid that was? And I was like, well, damn, I didn't until now. You know? Yeah. Whereas if, if it was like if my wife acted the way, you know, cancel culture does, why are we getting a divorce? Yeah. You know? It, it, yeah. I just think it's so anti-growth, and I think that you can see the character of a person by the way that they react about what they've been accused of, and if it is actually factual, then the things that they do to try and make amends to that. But I think the other position that we're putting a lot of these folks in that have done wrong is that, just like Phil said, you're fucking done. There's no, how can I make this better? What can I do to right this wrong? What can I do in the future to not be this impediment for people? You know, and I think, and, and, and if you see them not even ask those questions, then yeah, fuck them. But I think what, what I think the other thing that we're going to start seeing as more of this stuff happens is people are going to be asking those questions and say, what can I do better? And the answer is going to, res- the response to those folks is going to be nothing. Fuck you. And how do we, how do we all get better from that? Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing with that is one, you have to have the person actually be remorseful for what they did. Yes. They have to be an active participant in it. 
And then you see, like, with Colin Cart, uh, Moriarty, is that he cultivated an audience that just had a, a feedback loop that said, no, keep doing this, you're doing the right thing, mm-hmm. being this asshole. Uh, versus one that's maybe with uh, the kind of funny audience had people that would say, no, that's, that's fucked up. Uh, hmm. He needs to address this thing, that kind of stuff. And, yeah, when they don't want to do it, you know, there's not much you can do to change their minds unless you find yeah. the right person that can somehow get through to them. It's, yeah, but uh, you should at least make the attempt. Yeah, that's, and that's, I think with, like, that's the part Paul Moriarty's... That we're missing. The the people he worked with at kind of funny were his actual friends, yeah. and like they've dealt with him for years, and they know what he is, and if they can't get him to change, you know that's you've kind of reached yeah. a point where it's like yeah, there's only one more thing is like we have to move yeah. on because this is not yeah. going to work out for both of us. Yeah. It's either we all go down or you go down. Yeah, it's that kind and of again, thing. I think it. I think it depends a lot on what the individual in question is being accused of. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's also corporate culture where you have a lot of these cultures that are very much built around the the men that are running it, the white men that don't allow people of other voices or genders or whatever to have yeah. as much of a say as they should so that they can say, like, hey, that shit you're doing, that's fucked up. That's yeah. not that's not cultivating a place where women are feeling safe here, where you're backing them up when they have these issues, and so yeah. they can have a good conversation versus just, well, she's a, she's obviously a slut. We need to get rid of her because yeah. she's you know calling these things out. You know, yeah, the, and exactly. And I think the other part of that, and this used to be the last thing I say because I realize I've, I've dominated a huge chunk of this conversation. I think well, that this is also endemic of the and, and systemic rather of the the people that are in the video gaming world. Like, I work for a software company. We do not behave in any way, shape, or form um, as what you've read about a lot of these video game companies do. Like, up until six months ago, um, our VP of my company was a woman. My company was founded by, by like, three people, and one of them was a woman. There's something like um, uh, 60, 65% of our workforce is women. Um, and and there are there are initiatives internally in my company um, to get more more women uh, programmers and things like that. We have a women in tech um, uh, internal group that is supposed to cultivate uh, female and minority voices that come in. We have like I mean they they celebrate pride, they fucking take care of veterans, like all of this stuff. But that that also comes from the initial pool of people was diverse, you know, and we just haven't seen that really happen in gaming ever because it's been, yeah. you know, kind of a white man's game. And then therefore the reporting was the same thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you start to see that stuff um, as it diversifies it. I think it's natural to see these things happen. It's just a shame that there couldn't have been any more self-realization before this happened yeah. um, to, to kind of change this. Yeah. Um, kind of the way this stuff works with it being, he said, she said, he said, he said, or she said, she said, uh, or they said they said whatever pronouns you have. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to get hard proof for what's happening here, and that's also a thing that feeds into it. It's like, well, how do you prove that this person did this thing? It's like, well, this person saw it. Yeah, well, what proof do they have? And it's like you can work around to the point of being like, well, we'll put this in the file as like an incident, but we're not going to do anything right now. And that's how a lot of these situations do end up building up to a certain point where 
they have to actually go out and scorched earth with the uh, their medium articles or whatever, saying, you know, this person did this to me, yeah. and nobody supported me at this company, and that's why I left. Yeah, uh, that kind of stuff, and you get these awful things happening. Yeah, yeah the Insomniac one, the Insomniac one made my fucking my my stomach just drop. Yeah, the awful uh, thing is like two of the three people I think left, and one of the people that left was still continuing it. And it was like, there's not much. She was, she said like, and Sonic did everything they could, but this was became a personal thing outside of the work. And it's like that's where it gets real awful. It's like yeah. she needs the law to be on her side, and we know how cops can be at times, yeah. if not often. Well, and yeah, it's is Teresa. Are you still here? Because we've just been a bunch of guys talking about this. Oh no, I'm still here. And um, I'm I'm remembering things. There's there's just there's so much to being female in technology, and I can see what you guys are saying. Where these these software companies were started up by young white men doing young white men things, and they have young white man culture that is going into middle age white man culture. Maybe they haven't worked in other industries either. So they have not had an opportunity to experience other types of corporate America and um, go through all the training that happens. I mean, you guys have probably uh, heard of all the mandatory um, sexual harassment awareness and uh, just just all the trainings that, that you have to sit through and you have to take the little quizzes on and whatnot. So they haven't been there. They've been basically a bunch of guys sitting on a couch going her, her, her. And they didn't grow. They didn't expand. And it could be a little bit of an echo chamber. And maybe not a lot of their peers are holding them accountable. Maybe their peers are laughing about it, thinking that, you know, this kind of shit is uh, funny and everything. And um, and then victim blaming, of course, uh, once everything starts going a little sideways. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I, the things that are happening are horrible, and, and now some of these people are just flat-out bad people. No doubt about that. Yeah. But I, I, don't, know, I don't know where it's going to go or how it's going to get better. Yeah. I, I know that it, it's better for me than it was for the women who came before me, you know, not in the video game industry, but just in the greater corporate America industry. But there's... There's still shit, man. There's still shit, and just yeah. like with uh, with racial equality, a lot of this is just taking too much time, and I don't know why. And maybe it is because of ingrained prejudices and and just I don't know what. I don't know. Yeah, but corporate cultures you... that value not shaking the cart. That yeah. kind of thing is. Oh like, hell We yeah. need our that's stakeholders to be confident in us. We can't. Let them know that there's this awful shit that's been reported. Yeah. Uh, we have to keep oh, this yeah. hush hush. And yeah, About like. Sweeping stuff under the rug, giving people settlements. Yeah. And women yeah. are apt to take those because they don't want to drag their, their name and their family through court. Mm-hmm. They don't want all the stigma that. They want that any comes advantage with. they can get. Yeah. It's they already just stacked wanna, up against them. You know, they want to take whatever perk they get. Maybe they get, you know. Six me six months paid uh, leave, and they can just move on to another job, and that's a windfall for a lot of people. 
And so they don't prosecute and nothing changes. But so what do you, what do you think Teresa then is, is for example, with the stuff that we've been talking about here, I mean, what do you think, you know, as a woman, what would be, what would be the right thing for you? Right. Like if you were in the situation for some of these women that we've read about, what is, what does the right thing look like for you? Cause I, I think that's more important than any of the side conversations that we're having is really like, you know, if, if being a woman, I'm sure you've had some of this kind of stuff happen to you. What is, what is that? I don't know, not, not maybe not retribution, but what is, what is yeah. making it right look like? If there is a genuine, like some people are just awkward. Some people are just awkward and they don't get it. And if they're made aware and they want to get it and, and they do have, you know, a penitent spirit about things and want to get better, hey, that's great. But I don't want to fucking work with them anymore. I want to be moved to a different department or a different, uh, a different branch. So completely eliminate that person from, like, if, if I were suffering from that, which is hard to do because where are they going to go? I mean, especially with a software company. I unless you're huge, they can't really move anywhere. They can't move projects. But even, even with somebody who tried to do better and tried to be better, I wouldn't want to work with them anymore. I wouldn't want to be reminded of that. I would just want to leave. But for people who are assholes and just are never going to get better, then I do think they should be fired. I fucking think they should be fired. Okay. I agree. You know, I, I don't care if their names get dragged through the mud and, and people call them out on Twitter or whatnot and they can't get a job because of uh, whatever. You know, fucking be better. Yeah. How long how long did they go yeah. around pulling this shit and there, there needs to be consequences. So if they were systemically abusing or threatening or whatever their co-workers for 20 years, I don't care if they're going on food stamps. Fucking fire them. But Sometimes you need that kind of wake-up call yeah. versus yeah. just the, an HR person be like, look, we've got these reports. We need to talk about this shit. Well, it has people to respond to that. HR's. Some people need the, the cold slap in the face of you're not working here anymore. Yeah, but it does need to go through the HR um channels absolutely yeah. and again hr absolutely. is not there to help the person the victim no, they're, they're there to protect the company and yes. i think i think the other reason why i even i even engage in these kinds of conversations and thank you very much for being so direct teresa is also just because i can't fathom doing this stuff right you, like so maybe that's the other part of where where my my point is saying like okay well we should have the punishment fit the crime and all that because i just don't fucking think of doing this shit to people you know and maybe yeah. that's why it's easier for me to just go, well, maybe somebody needs a second chance. Because if I ever did do something like this, there's no way I would have done it in a way that where I wanted to be harmful to someone or hurt them. Right. If it's just an off, you know, an offer mark, a one offer mark, you know, you, you, you address that directly. You're like, hey, I don't know if you get this, but that was messed up. You need to walk that back. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people aren't going to do it. Uh, just it's it's hard, it really is, and and just like everybody talks about, you know, the things that people don't understand about growing up black. There's a lot of things that people don't understand about being a woman. You know, if it's after ten o'clock at night, you have to do the special thing where you make sure that your keys yeah. are between your knuckles. You yeah. know, you, you're constantly on lookout, 
And it's stuff that I've been doing my whole life, and I don't even see it as weird. And then people started talking about it. I'm like, oh, shit. I mean, yeah. this is just what I've it had, is. I've had those conversations with my wife, and some of them just absolutely blow my fucking mind. Because I'm a big dude. I fucking look like a white supremacist, unfortunately, because i got a bald head <laughs> and blue fucking eyes. But like, I can't. And I'm in Georgia, right? Exactly. It makes it worse. But it's just like I've never – just never occurred to me walking down the street – why I should be worried about anything, you know, just, well, just yeah. doesn't, you know, and, and that's just one of those things that's just completely uh, foreign to me. No, and, you, you're constantly, constantly on alert. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like being a rabbit. It's like being prey. There's really no other way to put it. Yeah. And yeah. like just last week I was trying to sell um, an iPhone and something that this guy said was kind of shady and we were going to meet him and I was driving and, and Scott typed in, well, we'll be there in five minutes. We're right by the, the neighborhood or wherever we were meeting. We're right by Best Buy, I think is what we said. And we, oh, your husband's coming and then total silence. Ooh. So, yeah, you know, yeah. like last week. Because I'm constantly vigilant about this shit, I avoided maybe getting marred, maybe getting worse. Mm. Or maybe just yeah. making a sale like yeah. normal. It's like yeah. you lose out on 100% of those opportunities because you're assuming it's going to be the worst case scenario. Right. And I already use a fake profile on those. so yeah. And now I've, I've just shut down all things on those sites because fuck it. I'm on eBay. And I'm just going to sell things where there's not shady people. Yeah. I've heard all sorts of stories about that. Like women who are just getting like the, the repairman to come in and their husband's out working. So they, they're the one that stays home. And then they realize like, oh, we're going into the basement where he might be blocking the door back up. Yeah. Yep. Like that you kind of stuff. Know. Or like yeah. always want your husband or some other man around so that they know there's somebody there. Yeah. And uh, they like, can't fuck with just you. All the times that I would have people on speakerphone whenever someone was coming over, it, you know, I'd be talking to somebody. I was like, oh, God, there's somebody at the door. It's one of the reasons I don't mind not living in a house anymore um, because people just come up people and you're like, yeah. what the hell? But I, I kept a cast iron skillet next to the front door. I, there's a whole lot of things. Like if you keep a bat beside the bed, you make sure you put a, a sock over it because if they try to grab the sock or grab the bat while you're trying to swing it at their head, they're yeah. going to come away without it at least once. Yeah, that's what my mom used to have. We we got her we we had a baseball bat by her door that had bits of spray paint on it, and we called it the spray painted skull cracker. Yeah. But nobody ever knew why it was why we called it that because she had a sock over the top of it. Yep. Yeah. I I just I wish that life wasn't like this. I wish it wasn't like it for black people. I wish it wasn't like it for women who are in the workplace. I wish it wasn't like it for men who are in the workplace who were. Yeah who are being mistreated, but it is. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't, uh, I'm not going to have a whole lot of sympathy yeah. and yeah. I'm not going to give people a pass very often. And I'm right. pretty sure you're going to find me to be far more forgiving in my opinions of proper punishment for this than most women. And I think I, I've already taken my, a hard life. Yeah. I think you're right. Cause my wife's attitude is, is a little bit harsher, I think. Yeah. But I, and I think rightfully so, though. Um, and, and I think this is, 
this is definitely something we just it has to happen like there's no right. way around it right and the so. only reason i even have a softer outlook is because there are varying degrees of neurotypical behavior and atypical behavior and yeah. there's a lot of people who have a lot of uh a lot of trouble with interpersonal relationships yeah yeah sometimes but, just boys aren't taught that stuff as a kid exactly. here's what consent is here's what how you should act between others here's guess what you should have more of a range of emotions than just anger and right happy. and and we're women are also programmed to accept this you know all oh, they're pulling your pigtails that means they like you no, it means you need to tell them the fuck off. And we know these things a little bit more now. And so it's going to be better for for the generations that come after me. But, you know, it's still, there's there's so much work. There's still so yeah. much work. And it's it's slow and it's incremental and it's yeah. frustrating. That's the, that's the worst thing is it's, you see what needs to happen. We need huge upheaval because people have been drawing this out. Yeah, because uh, men have gotten when they've done this stuff in the last 50, 60, 70 years, they get the the chances, the extra chances that women yeah. don't get, that black people don't get, that you know, anybody that isn't the that doesn't look like the people running the company doesn't get. And that's we're just getting to the point where people are saying, you know what, it's enough. This is yeah. all we can take. That's why you got these riots going on, these protests. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, they're peaceful protests till the cops show up. And, it's, and people aren't paying attention to the peaceful ones anyway, so you yeah. know that's a whole different can of worms. But mm-hmm. but yeah, you know people get people get fed up. And when is enough going to be enough? Yeah. yeah, we can kind of continue on here. Like Ubisoft is also dealing with their own bunch of issues. A ton of people have been outed there. Uh, a few execs have been suspended and some others uh, that have been named, but uh, like the creative director for Assassin's Creed Valhalla has stepped down uh, because he's had his own accusations of infidelity using his position as the head of this game uh, to solicit affairs with people Oof. that work. Uh, people that uh, like streamers and such, I think, is also with that. I guess he might have also just deleted his uh, Twitter account here in the past couple days. Mm. So it's like, yeah, this uh, it really sucks for that game. And now you've got this uh, over it. Yeah. And yeah, that uh, I feel bad for all the other people there that have just been working on it. Like, like they want to be proud of this work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's and Ubisoft, like I saw... Uh, a woman that was talking, working in the North Carolina studio, I think it's Red, I forget the, Red Storm, mm-hmm. uh, where she had gotten harassed or whatever it was, and you know what the the, the reaction by HR was? Here's a gift mm-hmm. card. The other people that were working with her that also saw it and uh-uh. reported with her, here's also a gift card. It's, it's a, a smaller gift card than what she got, but it's like, it's like, the stupidest way of trying to pay people off for silence. And yeah, they're so Ubisoft is hiring uh, an outside firm to do these investigations, let them know what's the right thing to do. Because obviously it seems fairly rampant throughout their company. Jesus. Uh, that, yeah, there's there's some shit going on. Like the, the creator of Child of Lights 
is also one of the people named in all this, like some of the PR people. Uh, it's wild how thorough it is through all this. This is for a company you typically don't hear about, like labor issues out of. So it's kind of wild to see this. Um, it's it's sobering too to think that that yeah. level of HR incompetence. Yeah, no, here's I I would love to know what the gift card is for. Were they worthy of a Walmart gift card, oh or was it like uh, here's a Macy's gift card? It was for UPlay. Yeah, I mean, oh it, god, that would be worse. Here's a UPlay gift card. You can't even get outside of our PC platform. Uh, or is it just pure? Here's a prepaid credit card. With how much we think you're deserving of getting paid off. So I assume she didn't get an NDA uh, with it because she's talking about it. So it's wild how backwards some of this stuff is. But yeah, for like the, the final story, uh, there have been some big individuals as well as companies. Uh, prolific writer Chris Evelyn is accused of emotion abusing women uh, for <laughs> many years at this point. Yeah. Uh, working with a ton of the big games coming out here in the next uh, year or so with Dying Light 2, uh, Wayfinders, Vampire the Masquerade 2. Uh, I think Dying Light 2 said like he did some initial work, but that's all been uh, replaced by our on-staff writers by this yeah. point, that kind of stuff. But he was their face of that game at E3 a few years ago. Yeah. He was the one they brought on to talk about the game. Yeah. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade 2, I think He's done some minimal work for them, but mm-hmm. their their main writers are. Uh, they've done the majority of the work, so yeah, it's like that dude's a guy that carried a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. It's also wild seeing this stuff and be like, oh yeah, I know, I heard about this guy being on this forum that's known for harboring this kind of stuff. Mm. It's like, yeah, I guess it's uh, about over forty individuals have been named. Uh, or, okay, no, this is uh, for all the other people. Uh, but yeah, like a bunch of Twitch streamers, YouTubers, uh, people on esports teams uh, have been named. So a bunch of teams had to let people go. Twitch has been suspending some people. YouTube's been doing their own stuff. Uh, and one of the big names was Angry Joe uh, on YouTube, mm. who oh yeah had somebody come up and accused him of predatory behavior. Uh, she's a female streamer who. Uh, used his power to exploit her for sex, and immediately he he and his lawyer swooped down to uh, silence her with some sort of payoff because she deleted the the article she wrote up on Medium and that opened and never at one point told his audience like, yo chill, don't fucking harass her. So they've been harassing mm-hmm. uh, the victim here and. That's even worse than the original stuff. Is just not protecting her in any way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if it's tied to this stuff yet or not because he has not said it. But Doctor Disrespect has been completely wiped from Twitch. I don't know what's going on with that one, but it must be bad because of uh, all of the silence going on around and it. He's at, he's spoken up and said that Twitch hasn't told him why, and it's like I don't believe you for one second that you don't know what. Mm-hmm. You, why this happened? Because they even went well, to the point of refunding. Subs. If you if you look at the um, the last few minutes of his final stream, it's on YouTube. Um, 
he got a piece of news that shook him. Yeah. And what he said um, immediately after that was uh, basically it could have been taken as like a final address to his viewers. Mm-hmm. They said, um, we'll get through this. Life is um, life is weird right now. Um, yeah. So whatever it was, I mean, I'm sure it'll be coming out in the uh, coming days and weeks, but it must be bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's wild. And he, him playing ignorant is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he wants, well, I mean... he wants to... Had some sort of a degree of deniability to it. He's done some stupid things in the past already. Yeah. Uh, so the history is there. Yeah. Whether that history continues with the the reason that he got banned from Twitch, uh, or basically wiped from Twitch, or uh, you know whether he's saying that uh, you know Twitch wiped him and he himself was the one who nuked his own channel. Yeah. Mm. Maybe that news was... No, Twitch has already said they did it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, there goes that theory, but well, still. Uh, uh, the, bo- yeah. the bottom line means just don't be an asshole, right? Right. Yeah. Oh. That's, the, that's the crazy thing. It's like, it's pretty easy not to do the things these people are doing. Yeah. But they don't know how to... Um, they don't know how to do that and maintain an audience. Yeah, they don't think and that's going to be... And that's a lot of things about a lot of things. Yeah. They don't think yeah. there's going to be... Yeah. Uh, uh, a reaction to it from the platform holder or the people involved or anything like that. Mm. Yeah. No. It's, and because these are like individual people, the way they react to it is uh, much different than those that are working at companies. Yeah. Uh, especially if like they've turned their own brand into a company and it's like, well, it's built all around this person. So hopefully they're not an asshole. It ruins it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, so I think it's going to keep going for a while. Uh, and yeah, uh, like I say, for all of us, we believe the victims. Uh, no sense not to. For any reasonable yeah. person. It's, mm. yeah. We hope the, they get whatever it is they're looking for to see the the people that you know took advantage of them getting uh, some sort of reckoning or even a hit to their reputation. And yeah, there's... There's also just ways of, because it's not just these people. Uh, uh, it would be nice to see the the publishers, the developers, the the platforms that are hosting these people that are in, giving them new games to make new content for. Like just say, no, we're done. We don't want mm-hmm. our game associated with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, ways of doing that stuff would be also good to see. Like have people care more about their. Uh, their reputation than just the the boost of whatever these people can provide mm-hmm. as a potentially sketchy uh, creator. I think the other thing, too, that's important with all of this, and we've talked about this on the show before, is um, at the end of the day, like the people that make all of these things, that we enjoy, the things that we consume, it's people, right? Like, like I think gamers have sort of acted in... in in bad faith in a long time that these are just <laughs> robots that produce the content that we yeah. we like and that we yeah. love and that, that we connect with and then you know uh, I mean think about think about all the stuff that we've played like I think about Pat with with Final Fantasy I think about 
you know, me with something like WoW or, or any of us that have played anything multiplayer, like these, and, and then found connections through those things. Those connections didn't happen without people, you know, without people making that stuff so that we could, we could form those bonds. And I think what's, what's happened over the industry over the last 10 years is really moving away from that idea that it's people making these things. And you see that even in just this blanket base treatment of, of like the, the women that we've been talking about, you know, for this, this last part of the episode, like you, there has to be a seismic shift. And this seems to be really the beginnings of it. Um, I'm sure there'll be stumbles along the way, but I think at the end of the day, like people just have to realize that there are people that have, you know, feelings and drive and ambitions and, 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 and dreams that are getting involved in this industry. And I think it just as a whole, the industry can't be so cavalier about the way it treats people because as these games continue to get more robust and more complicated and all of that shit, you need more people to make this stuff happen. And I just don't think you can create things that are interesting anymore. Um, if it's just a monolith of white guys doing it. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, look at all the reaction from, from last of us, like how those, those crazy ass gamer gators went nuts when they found out, you know, Anita Sarkeesian was, was even remotely near. IGN article, they've received tons of harassment uh, over the years since then because of, you know, like those two guys saying, like, hey, we want you to put this in here, because uh, it'll drive hits to the article. Mm. And it's like, they've received tons of shit as a result of that, and more. Because, uh, like, The Last of Us Part 2 is not without its own bullshit being created by people to, to back up their need to harass the devs mm. that have worked on that game even threaten them in ways that just like it would be nice if we could find a good way with this industry to tell those people with the full force that the industry has to fuck off forever because mm-hmm. yeah. they do not want those people and unfortunately you can't necessarily restrict who buys the games no. until some amazing technology happens like as an asshole detector <laughs> <laughs> Just mm-hmm. like, oh, you're an that asshole. That would be the greatest thing ever. You don't yeah. can purchase these games. Yeah. So. But yeah. So. Man, that was a hell of a discussion, folks. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm thoroughly thrilled that the last episode that I'm on turned out to be probably one of the best that we've ever done. Yes. Uh, Fitting. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to end on a high note. So uh, with that in mind, I'd like to remind everybody that if you haven't subscribed to the Day Zero Update, you can do so at anchor.fm slash dayzeroupdate. Uh, oh, you don't have enough for the show, so I can get next week's episode in my yeah. inbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, no, you're not crazy. Lee was on a phone. He like, yeah. dropped <laughs> off the call and moved to a phone. I figured as long as we ran, he had to, um, to cut away. So. Yeah, he managed yeah. to get back on through a phone Skype yeah. app, and so... 
That's not like oh, some okay. production yeah. issue. Yeah, that was well. He's gone eight bit. Skype does that sometimes. So, yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so with that, I have been Filippo Donolfo for Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Teresa Sandmans, Chris Sologi, Lee Lamb, and Denver Victoria. I've been Filippo Donolfo. I won't see you next week, but these guys will. <laughs> <laughs>